Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Big story, of course, um, from the past 24 hours is that uh, rescue in Galway Bay. It makes all of the papers today, front and inside pages, alive and swell is the front page headline in the mirror. They were caught by a swell, all right, and it took them 16, 17 um, miles from where they were paddling. Uh, the story of Ellen Glynn, age 17, and her cousin Sarah Feeney, uh, they were on uh, paddle boards, which was literally just flat pieces of fiberglass, if you like. And they were very experienced and headed off at half past eight, knowing they only had a, an hour paddling, were caught and drifted right out. It's been all over the news. There were event, there was helicopters in the air. There was f- all sorts of lifeboats there. There were ribs on the water. They didn't have any light or torch or anything. Uh, they could see at one stage boats trying to find them. They could see a helicopter. They were screaming but they weren't spotted. They were eventually, it's idyllically beautiful, that area of Galway Bay. They were eventually, they eventually saw a lobster pot um, boy, you know, one of the moorings for, for a string of pots and they clung onto it. And eventually the fishermen came along and uh, rescued the two of them. So it's an amazing story. It makes all of the papers today. Um, and uh, indeed, you know, it's, there's a lot of weather-related stories. The front page of The Echo this morning talks about damage estimated to run into millions of euro devastated West Cork communities and businesses down west over the past 24 hours or so, particularly in the Ross Carberry area. Boy, there's lots of photographs of extensive flooding from the torrential rain, making both the Echo and the Examiners today. Now, we've had two very, very sad, tragic deaths on Leaside in, in as many days. The death of two men. Ralph Regal in The Independent this morning says the two men used the homeless support services in Cork uh, and they're being treated as separate tragic incidents. Now, Gardaí at the same time um, are still looking for witnesses or anybody with dash cam or anybody that might have been with particularly the uh, unfortunate gentleman who was found dead at the Merchants Quay uh, shopping centre. Uh, both men had availed of homeless services. The first body, 35-year-old, was found by a motorist at half past 11 in the morning. Uh, but, but while they're saying that they're not treating the deaths as suspicious, they are still looking uh, for the you know, history of their last movements. But it's very sad. It really and truly is the amount of people that are on our streets are availing of uh, services. Um, meat plant workers, of course, um, you know, you go into some of the places they're living and the mirror tells us you find that there could be 40 of them living in the one home, 40, 40, 90% of them don't have any sick pay, so it forces them to go to work while sick, and many of them are on shocking low wages, about 15,000 of them uh, in the country, it seems, working in uh, businesses like that in awful conditions when they actually go home after their long shift. Um, mind you, uh, there are much, many, many stories during the rounds with regards to COVID on a daily basis. Uh, but you know how they cut back the, the pub hours to 11 o'clock? Uh, Leo Varadkar, you almost think that, you know, when I'm reading these stories in the papers, half the time I think Varadkar is the Taoiseach, he's getting so much exposure. But he is considering extending the draconian 11 o'clock shutting of the pubs uh, and restaurants. And they figure that they might allow, they might just allow, if you're all very good, uh, pubs and restaurants to stay open until midnight. As the pubs as the pubs might get extended, of course, the schools will get opened. And uh, just like in Scotland, there'll be no social distancing rules on school bus journeys. They will operate as normal and carry the same amount of pupils for the year ahead. But in the UK now, they've introduced face mask fines, £3,000. If you thought, thought that our two and a half grand was high, they're three grand. And of course, France now 
And also, I think uh, the Netherlands have been, yeah, they have. They've been put on the um, do not travel if you do quarantine list. I don't know what the story was with the people in the UK because they've got until 4 o'clock in the morning, 4 a.m. Saturday morning, to get the heck out of France. Brown Thomas and Arnott's have, have announced job cuts. Um, many, many, many companies, of course, are going to be cutting back if they haven't already. And that's a story that makes the independent Brown Thomas and Arnott's. How that would affect Cork, I'm not 100% sure. It's an independent story. But I do know that uh, there have been job losses at Stryker. Somebody got in touch with me saying Stryker are letting go hundreds more staff from the Model Farm Road. They're keeping their name out of the news by giving the employees three-month contracts instead and carrying tool when the contracts end People will be left high and dry. We contacted Stryker about that and they did say that uh, they will not renew a limited number of temporary contracts in the Model Farm Road. People are one of our most important values and it was a difficult decision to make, they said. Uh, The pandemic is forcing many, many cancellations, as we know. And I suppose for the first time ever and at a time when 1920, sorry, 2020, 2021, 2022 would be very important to things like the Bail na Blaw commemoration ceremonies. Uh, it's been sadly announced that that will not take place this year due to COVID-19 on a load of different numbers. On one, with regards to social distancing, and two, many of those that go are quite elderly and would need to be minded. So that's sad. You heard the story about the shaky bridge on news, so we'll say nothing about that. Um, but it's a lovely story that I want to come back to later on this morning. And this is to do with Donald Trump. Two different stories. One regarding Donald Trump's hair. and uh, He's been complaining that the pressure in showers in America is too weak. And he wants legislation passed now so that shower pressure can be increased because he says it's messing with his hair. Um, there's another article then that makes the mail. Some of the quotes are fake and some of them are real. You have to work out which are the fake Donald Trump quotes and which are the real Donald Trump quotes. But I just love them all. I've, I've highlighted about 10 or 12 of them, and I want to blast through them at some stage this morning. Even if they're fake, they could be attributed to Donald Trump, not a bother in the world. Here's one example of it. Uh, he says, My fingers are long and beautiful, as it has been well documented, as are other parts of my body. Now, you need to work out yourself whether that's fake or true. It's something Trump would say. What he did say, though, is she does have a nice figure. Uh, he was referring to Ivanka. She does have a nice figure. If she weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. He certainly did say that. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. Okay, a little bit of housekeeping. um, And there has been an announcement made overnight uh, that um, it's a small win, as Cork Bio puts it. A small win uh, because Mount Cara... Um, has paused their closure, right? The um, closure now has been put back to January 2021. I don't think that's any reason to celebrate, right? What we wanted was a reversal. So I imagine the vigils will continue. I mean, putting it back to January 21st just is like, you know, pausing or giving somebody a stay of execution. So it is positive news, but it's still not good enough. The push needs to continue. And I will say, in fairness to Padraig O'Sullivan, the Northside TD, at least he went to a vigil, you know. Um, He's saying it's welcome news. He says other political representatives alongside himself will work to ensure the long-term future of the facility is protected. All right, so that's that's good. At least he's gone to a vigil rather than just kind of talking about things. He's done something about it and he's been there. Uh, Save Mount Carmel Cara Group hopefully will continue with the vigils. 
and we'll keep the pressure on. And maybe we'll talk to them early next week to see what their plans are. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. It's going to be a busy one this morning, so enough of me. Katie, good morning. Hey, Neil, how are you? I'm good. Can you hear me all right? Is the phone line all right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, what, what did you see? Just tell us all about it. Um, so, basically, there was a group of boys came down outside of our house. It was real dark, so... Where? In Carblon and Mayfield. Mayfield, all right. When? And, um, not last night, the night before. Okay, go ahead. So, it was around 11 o'clock at night, and they brought down a lurcher. It was a lurcher or a greyhound. It was black with a blue collar and they, there was a very distinct whistle that's what everyone heard first and after the whistle there was screams that you, like we've never heard anything like in our lives like my sister was up all night because she said she couldn't get the noise out of her head so everyone ran out when they heard the screams and at this stage the boys were like at it's called a black patch it's a hill so they were seen there but they were in dark clothes with their hoods up but they were seen recording it from there and the dog grabbed the cat by the neck ripped his neck open and just tore him to shreds like out in the field and one of our neighbours actually came out with a stick and tried to fight the dog off and she obviously couldn't like she came over to my mum then crying that she couldn't save him my poor mum was out in the field on her hands and knees roaring crying all the neighbours were out because they just didn't know what was going on like and after that the dog was gone we, um, our neighbour actually called the guards they were there within 10 minutes to be fair to them and they just got descriptions and stuff and they're taking statements but there is CCTV on the Black Pass so we're hoping they were caught on that and the guards are looking into that Hard to identify them, though, if they're all hooded up. Yeah, that's the thing. So, but people know who they are. Like, this isn't their first time doing it at all. Like, it can't be. They they had no shame, no fear. Like, they they thought this was hilarious. Like, this is something that they do, like, on the regular. So, this was Wednesday night at 11 o'clock, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Group of young fellas. Yeah. Set a lurcher dog. On whose yeah. pet cat? On our cat, my, oh, cat, my own cat. Oh, your poor little cat. Yeah. It was horrendous. Like, like, it can't happen. There's so many stories about, like, even the cat getting burnt, like, and nothing gets done about it. They say the, the people doing it are underage, so they just get away scot-free. But that's not normal. Like, if I thought I had a family member or a child that was capable of doing that, like, that, it can happen, like. You're referring to the cat that was set on fire? Yeah. Um, Last week. They covered it on the show when I was away, I'm told. Um, I think they spoke to the mother of the cat. What What happened to that cat? Doused with petrol, I think. It was put into um, like a child's uh, playhouse and set on fire, yeah, alive. Like. Out in Blarney, wasn't it? Yeah, in Tower, I think. Was that filmed as well? I, I'm not sure, if it, but the lady actually texted me after I put my post saying that it was her daughter's kitten and nothing has been done about it she said that the boys are laughing it was a like they know who did it and the boys are laughing about it whenever they see it yeah it's, it's horrendous like oh my god it's sickening I don't know how how people think they can do that like and but see it, it's because they're getting away with it like so that's why I said I don't want the screaming that you're, the screaming that you guys heard was that your cat yeah. That was the cat. They said they've heard none ever like it. Like there's like fifteen, if not more, of us outside, like our, our neighbours and everything. 
because of the noise. Like they didn't know what was happening out there. And what were it you like when you, what were you like when you ran to your pet? I I actually wasn't there. I told Brenda that it was my mum and my sister. And what they were they come like? On air, but my my mum was out on her hands and knees, screaming like just lying down on the floor with the cat, like absolutely screaming. And like I was like, people probably think we're crazy. Like because some people are like, oh, it's only a cat. But, I like, know it's you, tall. It's a, oh my god. And at like, loads of different levels, that's rubbish. Oh, I mean, firstly, it's only a cat. Well. Like it's a fellow we creature on the planet. It's it's your pet. It's a member of your family. Yeah, that's but the thing. but it's it's it's, it's it's how anyone could actually do this. I mean, this isn't the first time, and God knows it won't be the last. But it tells you. What does it tell you about the mentality of the young fellas? I know, and like it was clearly a command because it was a very distinct whistle. And I was saying, if they were able to command the dog to do that, they could have probably commanded him to stop as well. Even when everyone was out screaming, like and nothing, they didn't. They just walked up the hill at the dog to it after they were done recording and everyone was just left freaking out. Like, Has the video appeared anywhere? That, that's what I was looking at. That's what I put up the, the post for because I was hoping surely they did send it to someone or posted it somewhere and we haven't heard anything about the video yet. But it has to be somewhere. That these people, of course, they posted or sent it to their friends. Like, anybody, anybody got any ideas to their age or whether they were local to the area? I, I do definitely think they're local and people have their suspicions I've been told a few things but we don't have any actual proof and the people who it could be people are more afraid I'd say like to even give their names like are afraid that they'll find out who told on them that kind of way so but, sure. but hang on a second I mean there's one thing you know given a name and it's just kind of like because somebody has form but if you know Definitely, definitely. You know what yeah. I mean. Hundred percent. Who did it? Then somebody need get like when we get off the air. Tell them, tell me, and I'll tell the guards. Yeah, I know. I, that's what I'm hoping will. No, like, you, not you. I'm not. I'm not saying you, but somebody just anonymously tell me. Yeah, I know. If you're a hundred percent sure, we don't who have did any. It. We don't have any hundred percent. Like uh, we're not definite on anyone. So, but if someone is definite, they need they need to come out because it can't keep happening. Like, Can you just hold on a second there? Because Carrie is the mum of the little girl whose uh, cat was set alight in the playset. set. Carrie, good morning. Yeah. Well, hiya. I'm so sorry. I was away when all this happened. Um, so th- this this is news to me, but I'm horrified. Like, in the space of two weeks, two cats. Yeah, it's desperate, like. Just, just, just recap, and even just for my sake, tell me what happened. Um, we were woke by shouting at about, I'd say it was about half two in the morning um, my neighbours were after spotting someone at their play kitchen on their camera and next thing there was smoke coming out so they went out to hose it down and the cat rolled out of the oven part they were after setting on fire they locked her inside So they actually put the kitten into the play oven? Yeah, they trapped her inside it and set her on fire I hear your daughter hasn't recovered since. No, she's. I'm taking her up to the doctor. They're now in the best. She's not sleeping at all. She's not even eating properly. Oh, even my God. For ourselves, she's it, grieving. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Was there? It was her little kitten. Yeah. Was this in your back garden? No, they took they they took um, my neighbor's toy kitchen and put it down the alley. Down an alleyway. They called, they called the cat down then, and yeah. <clears throat> Any of that caught on cameras anywhere, anything like that? 
There is, yeah, we have a good bit now on the cam- on cameras, but I'm waiting for over a week for the guards to come over and look at what I have, but no thing. And what did you catch? Did you catch the like? Uh, did you catch like, these individuals? Oh yeah, the two of them are on camera, but like it's the timelines of when the cat walks down by the alley. One of the young fellas ran up and called the other fella, and then they passed again. So we have them there, like. So it was two young fellas. Yeah, it was. Yeah. All right. Is that a help to the guards? It is. Yeah, I hope so. I know. Would you say they're identifiable or are they all hooded up and covered up? Oh yeah, you can see you can see clearly who they are, but they've done other stuff around here before as well. You can see their faces? Yeah. Have the guards spoken to them? Um, they have, I'm sure, yeah. But I, I'm still waiting for them to come over and look at mine, so... Okay, do you mind if we give them a call for an update? I'm just wondering, with these fellas, if they're underage, how would you feel if they got a juvenile caution? They'd have to get something because it's going to be a child's next way they're going, like... So your daughter's not sleeping, um, no. not mm. eating, and you think you're going to have to get medical intervention? I don't know. She's only eight and she's got ASD, which makes it worse. So it's kind of hard for her to understand, you know, why they did it. And what does she ask you about it? What does she say? She's just kind of saying, like, they're out laughing at her and lighting lighters up to her and everything, like, you know, every day. Still? Yeah. So they're taunting her, intimidating oh, her. Oh, they are. They're doing it to everyone in the estate. They're, it's like they're trying to draw someone out to kind of make themselves the victim kind of a thing then. And clearly I don't want you to identify them on the air, air but can oh, you give I me know, an idea? Yeah. To the, just give me their a, idea to their age. About 14 and 15. What do you think about the brain set of a 14-year-old that sets animals on fire? Oh, they can't be right. Like, it's going to lead to them hurting a child's neck, like... Why, like at that age, you know, you wouldn't even think of hurting an animal, let alone setting them on fire. How did you feel when you heard about Katie's cat ripped out, the oh, cat's yeah. throat ripped out by a lurcher dog, recorded by these characters? Yeah, that's it's not normal. Like it's disgusting. And I hope she catches whoever didn't. I hope something's done to him because it's not right. Like, ah, yeah, but she doesn't have CCTV. You do, yeah. and they're identifiable. Yeah. You can see their faces. They're taunting yeah. your daughter. You've told the guards that, have you? They're flicking lighters into her face and everything. No, I'm still waiting for them to come over. There's no sign of them. Call them. Yeah, I'll have to again now. Call them every day. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, let me know how you get on, will you? I will, yeah. Thanks very much. Okay, so Priest said you're taking the call, Carrie. I was away for all of that. Katie? Yeah. I'm so sorry for you. Um, I suppose okay. even when you hear about poor old Carrie's daughter, she's only eight years old, isn't sleeping, isn't eating, crying all the time. It's an awful thing to do. They, see, they don't realise what... Well, they, they do realise. They know what they're doing to people. Like, you heartbroken when you came home and saw your cat? Oh, my God. I honestly thought I would... My mum was actually afraid to tell me, and all the neighbours were like, have you told Katie yet? Because I'm crazy about the cat. Like, And... I honestly thought I was going to die. I couldn't believe it. And I was like, I'm not going to let this go because you hear about these things happening and nothing ever comes of it. Oh my God. I mean, it's. If I have to find out myself, I will. And I'll find it out there. Like. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, How are you going to do it, though? You're just going to have to give. If if you're not 100% sure, you're going to be fingering the wrong person, you know? Yeah, I know. Well, we're hoping that CCTV is on the hill is. Claire, even though it was dark, if they can make out anything from that. Okay. Okay, will you stay in touch then if you have an update? Yeah, I will, of course. All right, take care of yourself, all right? Thanks a million. Cheers. Vincent Bye. Cashman from the CSPCA. Vincent, I think you also spoke to Mick Mulcahy a couple of weeks back, am I right? I did, yes, Neil. Yeah. Do, you, do you think that this is a kind of a spate, that they're kind of copycats? Do these videos get posted? Uh, some of them do. 
right? And we would ask people just to report it as well to Facebook, because Facebook will take it down immediately once it's reported. Um, it should not be shared. It should not be passed on to anybody else. It should be reported to Facebook and also to the Gardaí. Um, any images or anything like that, if people can... Um, basically, any, with, with, with cases like these, statements will have to be made to the Gardaí. Yeah. It, 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 it does its rounds on Facebook. There's an awful lot of, of uproar over it. But the, the guards, from, from my own experience with them, the minute you get in tr- into a case with this, they will take it on and they'll take it head on. But they have to have the information. They can't say, oh, this was a Joe Bloggs. Do you know where he lives? Yes, but I don't want to give his name. I don't want to give an address. Why can't people, like you can whistleblow against about all sorts of stuff. You can whistleblow to the revenue and things like that. You can shop people. Why can't you just give anonymous information to the guards? They can do, but unless it's, you can. But it will, it will hold up more if you're giving an actual statement. As, as a witness, as a witness, you mean you have to be a witness to them doing it? Well, more or less, yes. Okay. Now, they will decide. They will decide then whether the cases. Okay, but you see, people on. mightn't want to do it because there would be a fear of themselves, their families, and their property. Have um, have societies like yours or any around the world done any uh, research into why teens, say fourteen year olds, do this? Okay. The the the, the issue with the lurcher was um, this wouldn't be the first time this has been reported or happened. It's, it's normally a case of trying to, what they call, blood alert you, okay? So they'd be testing speed and, and bits and pieces like that, and plus just getting the killing instinct up on the dog, okay? Um, burning, that, which is a different That's story. fine. That's not, of course, it's not acceptable, but burning has nothing to do with blooding a dog. That's No. Burning is, is a completely different issue. Okay. And is there any psychological service as to, or research as to why they do this? <laughs> um, I'd say GDPR would tie you up in knots over it. But it is, it is definitely, there is there's somebody for to catch cat, put it into a, um, a child's kitchen and set it on fire. There are serious issues there. But is it rearing? Is it what they're watching on television? Is it the games they're playing? Uh, it's it, it can be a mixture of of everything. It can be a mixture of everything. I mean, just because you, the, 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 some people say it's down to the rearing of them, right? You could have the best parents in the world. It's down at, at the end of the day. You are an individual. It's you decide whether you're going to do this or not. Yeah, but you know it's that there have been cases in the past, Jamie Bulger, amongst them, where animals were tortured and killed, and then it moved on to children. Exactly. So I mean, it is. It is. It is part of one of the tests. I mean, if you if you are going to be cruel to an animal like that, um, then I would be seriously worried about the people. Yeah, but you can't you can't bring down the full force of the law against children. You see, that's the thing. Right, and they're using it to their advantage. So your message is to get a result on this, a witness has to make a statement. Well, at the very least, at the very least, speak. To your the guards, speak to the local station. You're going to have to talk to them. You even if you're unsure of making the statement yourself, they are going to have to make the guards aware. I'll, I'll give you an example. There was a case a number of years ago. It, it the papers. It went everywhere. Right? It was on the radio station. You spoke about it several times yourself. A month later, 
it still hadn't been reported to the Gardaí. Which case was that? Was it the chopping it off involving, of heads? It was, or involved, take... it, was in, it was involving a dog, right? Um, and it, it, nobody had reported it to the Gardaí. They had been no one actually physically go to a guard and give them a, a statement. They couldn't witness who had done it or whatever, but the guards had told that up to a month they had had no report. The map, because there may have been no witnesses. Or there may have been no witnesses, but you would at least say, you would at least alert the local guardie to say, look, this is after happening here, um, to give them a heads up. A lot of the time they won't get the information. So, I mean, these guys are getting away with a lot of it because they're not even... Reporting. Okay, fair enough. You, you, can, you can say it to the Gardaí to say, look, I am, I look, I'm nervous. They're living locally, um, but at least give them their names and address. And tell me, does a cat have the same rights in this state as, say, a dog does? Well, it's an animal. Uh, no, it, but like, an if don't they say that if you knock down a cat, you don't have to report it. You knock down a dog, you do. Is that an urban myth? There's a lot of old wives' tales. Is that right? I mean, look, if if the if the cat is knocked down. We'll just say for argument's sake, no, in, in, in the UK, right, cats are classed as a kind of a, for want of a better term, a free spirit, right? right. So you can't, you can't stop them from going into your neighbour's garden only by, con- by containing the cat yourself. So there isn't a law there to state that a cat can't wander into somebody else's garden, right? Mm. Whereas there is rules with dogs. Mm. Mm. Okay, all right. Right, but the, I would tell them... To, to at least contact the Gardaí because the, 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 it's, it's shared everywhere and then the Gardaí are coming back to us and said, look, Prince, it was never reported to us. Okay, they appreciate have, it. They have to at least make a call to the local Gardaí okay. and the Gardaí are interested in cases like this. Thanks, Vincent. They appreciate really it. Thank you. Vincent Cashman of the CSPCA, you have to contact and make a statement or at least report it to the guards and if you have suspicions let the Gardaí know who those people are. So in the space of a fortnight we had uh, uh, a, a pair who... Um, set a cat alight, burn the cat, a kitten, a cat, a kitten actually alight uh, and burn the kitten to death in a, in a play set in Blarney. And then on Wednesday night, a lurcher ripped out another pet, another cat's throat and left it for dead while filming it and laughing it. Wendy is with uh, Vincent de Paws, is it? Hi, Neil. Yes, I am. Hi, how are you? As opposed to Vincent de Paul. So Vincent de Paws is a non-profit animal organisation. That's it, that's it, exactly, yeah. We're um, a group of volunteers set up by a lovely lady called Susie Jones um, and we get together once a month and do monthly pop-up collections in little and super-value car parks trying to get food donations for all the um, animal rescues across uh, Cork County and City. So it must be heartbreaking when you hear stories like Katie's or Carrie's. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, my heart, honestly, is shattered for all of them. Um, we suffered a loss ourselves back in March. Our own little cat was killed by a lurcher. What was the circumstances, do you know? Um, yeah, um, my little cat was laid in our garden. We live out in the countryside um, adjacent to a walk. I won't say exactly where we live. Um, but uh, the the dog was off a lead, a lurcher. It was like a small Irish wolfhound. It was off the lead. The owners were not anywhere near the dog. It chased my tomcat into our garden. He got away. Our little 14-year-old cat saw the dog spooked and ran. It caught her and shook her to death in front of us. This is a rogue lurcher. Was the owner of the dog around? Uh, no, they were about 100 feet away. They were oblivious to everything until I went screaming onto the, the lane where we live, asking them, was this their dog? Because it had just killed our cat. Yeah. What did they say? 
so what do you want me to do about it? Was the response of the owner. And what did you say to that response? <laughs> well, there wasn't really much I could say to her. I was just stunned. My husband was A stunned. woman said that to you, is it? Yes, it was, was a woman, a woman owner, yeah. What do you want me to yeah. do about it? No apology, no mortification, no upset, nothing. She got upset when I said I was going to ring the guards to report her and she was like, no, 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 don't do, don't, please don't report me. And I said, I am, your dog was out of control. This needs to be sorted. I want your dog put into sleep. Um, it was reported to the guards and thankfully the guards have followed through on this um, and the owner of the dog is in the process of being prosecuted. Okay. Are you, in, are you going to enforce your request that the dog be put down? Um, uh, yes, I am. Yes. Because I think people need to learn a lesson. And I know that you'll get the people online or on the, the saying, oh, it was a dog, it was doing what it's supposed to do, or it's, it's in its mentality. Well, no, I'm sorry. Dogs can be controlled. Dogs can be trained to live with, live with cats. And, and but you're having a dog put honest. down who was trained by human beings, um, or at least was, wasn't corrected. Exactly. Well, she, she told me, she admitted to me that she knew her dog chased small fairy animals. <laughs> Is it in the nature of a, of a lurcher to do that? Absolutely. They're a sight hound. I spoke to my vet afterwards and asked him um, about how my cat might have suffered because we needed all this for the Guardi report. Um, and the vet said to me that this kind of a dog, a lurcher, should be kept on a lead at all times. And if they're not on a lead, they should be muzzled. I know, but how fair is it for you to ask to insist on it being put down when really it's in, firstly, it's in its nature and then it has a, an owner that can't control it. Do you know what I mean? Is it fair on the dog? Was it fair on my No, it wasn't. Should... No, but would it oh, be enough? Oh, sure, I know. It's heartbreaking. But would it not be enough to find the owner? The Take... owner has been fined by the dog warden 100 euros, which was an insult, to be honest. If the dog had come along and done its business outside my door and the owner had walked away, she would have been fined 150 euros. It's an insult. I know. To my cat and my cat's life. I have three cats and a dog. I spend a lot of money on them and I give them all my care and attention over the last 14 years and this happens. Do you know, it's not up to me now, it's up to the guards, to be honest, and to the judge what happens to the dog. You know, I don't want to see an animal suffer. I don't really want to see a dog put to sleep, no. But an owner needs to learn a lesson. Dog could be taken off her. Well, I hope something happens. This dog is supposed to be a therapy dog. But I wouldn't want a dog like that as a therapy dog near me or any child. Absolutely not. Did you bury your little cat? Yeah, we did. My husband buried her. And to be honest, it, it was the most heartbreaking thing ever. My husband cried like a child when he was burying it. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit upset. Oh, but yeah, my husband... I know, I know. You know, she, she was a beautiful, beautiful little cat. She didn't even weigh two kilos. 14 years old, minding her own business in our garden. And, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking. And, and I know the lady that had a, had a little cat burnt in the doll's house, a little child now, she's going through a traumatic experience. I can understand that. She's very traumatised, yeah, very traumatised. Oh, it, I, it's, it's awful. I, I had panic attacks. I had... Um, vomiting, I lost over a half a stone in a, in a week, couldn't eat, couldn't sleep I'm still having flashbacks to it you will never ever unsee something like that and these mindless thugs that are out there now doing this honestly, I just, 
what kind of a society we're living in. I don't know. I don't know what, where this behaviour comes from. Is it learned or is it instilled in them? Is it? I just don't actually know. It's a couple of I interesting texts. That this is very sinister. Those boys need to be locked up. The serial killer, Jeffrey Dahmer, who was sent to prison in 1992 for taking the lives of as many as 17 people in a killing spree in Milwaukee, had reportedly tortured animals as a child. So it could be fair to say, Neil, that a child will be next. What kind of sick mind takes a little girl's kitten, sets it alight and puts it in a toy oven? This is beyond frightening. Scary, absolutely scary, Neil. I just do not understand people these days. Whether it be mindless thugs or negligent owners, I just think people just need to be more responsible. And people go, ah, sure, it's only a cat. Well, it's not only a cat, it's somebody's pet. Somebody loves that little animal. Well, and it's, an, a it's, family. You know, it's a creature that feels pain and, and experiences fear. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I, I have a 17-year-old grandson, and if he did that, oh, my God, I would string him up alive. Thankfully, he's a good lad. But if he, oh, jeez, I would, yeah. <laughs> You'd be ashamed. Okay, it thanks would. for taking the call, Wendy. St. Vincent de Paws have monthly pet food collections in Lidl and Super Value car parks for animal rescue centres. Um, we do, and can I just actually just say that we do have collection bins around um, the, the city and county. Could, could I give you a couple of places there in case people can donate? Yeah, go ahead. With go ahead. food, we're at the spa in Douglas, Pets Plus in Cove, uh, Pets at North Point in Blackpool, McCroom Pet Shop down in McCroom, Grand Meyer Pet Shop and Julie Curtin's Dog Grooming in Churchfield. And we're absolutely desperate for pet food, uh, wet or dry food for cats and dogs, pet treats. We cannot take any monetary donations whatsoever, but we'll gladly take as much food as anyone can donate. We'll pick it up and we can distribute to the charities. So what I heard there, I'll let you go because you're taking an ad break, but I did read something last week that there's an ever-increasing amount of pets being abandoned uh, as as we come out of the more stringent type of lockdown, you know? Is that true? That's it. Exactly, there is, yeah, yeah. And we're trying to do our best to help the charities. We help Cork Penny Dinners. We we give food to them so that people with pets can feed them as well in these hard times. We're helping the homeless to feed their animals. We're trying to do as best as we can. And this happens to you then, in spite of all of the good work that you do. Look, if we can do something in memory of my little cat, you know, then all well and good. Lulu will be with us forever and always. Okay, thank you so much for taking my call. I appreciate your time, Neil. Okay, Wendy, take care. Back after the break, text 0868104106. Text The Neil Prenderville Show now, 0868104106. Red FM. Uh, Jacqueline, these videos or videos like this are being shared then, are they on social media? They are, yeah, Neil. I was appalled last night. I'm actually still traumatised, Arthur, never mind what way the child is. But we were just on our way to bed and my granddaughter came running into me and she says, oh, Nana, look at this. It was actually a girl. Now, you couldn't see her face, but she was stamping on a little puppy and she kept stamping and stamping on it. And then all of a sudden she kept her leg down on top of him and he stopped breathing and then set him on fire. Now, I don't even know what social media. I have a feeling it was Snapchat. But I was just thinking, oh, my God, what are they doing to the kids, you know? Because my granddaughter is traumatised. How old is she? She's 12. And she's just an animal lover. She loves animals. What did she think of it? What what did she say about it? She was wrong, crying. She was like, oh, Nana, how do you stop this? I said, sure, we don't even know where it is. We actually don't even know if it was in Ireland. 
you know. So I just said to her, look, come out of it straight away, you know, because it was too disturbing. You see, it doesn't mean anything, whether it's from Ireland or not, because other people might see it. And if they're idiots or deranged, they will think, oh, we must do that in video and do oh, the same. Oh, God, Neil, it was awful, I have to say. And it was the worst video I've ever witnessed, you know. And I was thinking, if this is what kids is, are watching, you know, um, it's just terrible. I don't know much about Snapchat, but how come these videos aren't taken down? I actually don't know because I don't, I'm not on Snapchat either. Um, so I don't have a clue about these things, but I don't know how they're getting away with it and how they're putting it up, you know. It's just I know it needs to stop because they're really disturbing. And this was definitely a real cat, like it wasn't oh, was, fake. Oh, no, it wasn't a cat. It was a pup. Pup, I'm sorry. It was real. It wasn't yes. fake or a kind of a... Oh, no, it wasn't. No, the poor pup was screaming. And the girl in the video that was stamping and then set the pup alight, uh, how old was she? I don't know, you see, because they didn't show her face as far as I know, because they just said straight away, oh, God, I, I can't even look. Um, but I don't think they shared her face, but I you know. could hear her saying stuff, you know. Um, I'm not even sure what she was saying, but you could kind of hear her voice in the background. But it, I must say it was so disturbing. Any form of cruelty is, but certainly to defenceless yeah. creatures, yeah. that's even in a different league entirely. Yes. Oh, my God. I was oh just wondering if Snapchat is a video so. sharing service. Videos can be viewed once and then apparently they're deleted. So they that's why then. people love yeah. them. There's no, there's no history to them, you know. Yes. Yes, that's probably what it was. That's why I'm thinking it was that, you know. My God, you you raise another question, actually, as to do parents know what their kids are watching at all? Exactly, exactly. Now, I don't believe in this at all, Neil, but, you know, you're up against this every day. All, all my friends are on it and I'm lost. I don't know what's going on and all this carry on. Well, that's the downside to it when you see videos like that. Anyway, thanks for sharing. Appreciate yeah, it, Jacqueline. No Have a good Thank day. You, Jane. Hi, how's it going? You want to pick up on my conversation with Wendy regarding the lurcher uh, that yeah. shook to death her 14-year-old cat. Her poor little cat, yeah. Well, I'm very sorry for Wendy's cat, you know, for what happened. That is awful. But Wendy has come on representing an organisation which is a highly reputable organisation and every rescue in Cork really appreciates what they do for them. Are you involved with the rescue? I am, yeah. I'm kind of working in a voluntary and paid capacity for the last 12, 15 years. All so, animals or specifically dogs? No, no, dogs, dog rescue. Well, we've had a few horses and donkeys along the way in different <laughs> shelters and stuff like that. Did you get confused? Did you mix them up or something? <laughs> no. Oh, that's a big dog. No, it's a donkey. Yeah, that's actually what I was told one day going into the shelter. There's two big ones in the kennel and there was two donkeys in there <laughs> All right, okay. in a very big kennel. That's a bit but of comic relief. Case, but seriously, though, you have an issue with yeah. um, something, don't you? I do have an issue. I, I'm kind of really disappointed that somebody would come on representing that organisation and saying that they would like the lurcher to be put to sleep because she should be privy to the fact that that dog could be surrendered into rescue. She could insist on that, that that dog be surrendered into rescue and rehomed appropriately. We have loads of lurchers in rescue. They, most of them have been used in hunting. They go on to live with cats. They go on. I have three of them myself. I've often had five or six in the house, you know, and I have small furry dogs, which are also classed as enticing to lurchers, you know. So would you, would you plead with Wendy not to insist yeah. on the, yeah, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would, I would, I would urge her to consider it, you know, because he, that dog is an animal too and probably was trained to do that, you know. I mean, I'm not disputing that it is in their nature to do it, 
I've had three, I, as I say, I have three lurchers. All of them were used for hunting. What now, do they hunt what, then when they're blooded and trained? What are they going after? I think they do rabbits. I've gone out and they've been... But then, but then what's, them. I mean, then that raises another question. Are they ripping rabbits apart? Yeah, they are. Definitely. I, where I and who's okay? Are people, o- or, but are people okay with that? Excuse me? Are people okay with them doing that? Yeah, yeah. Well, they go out to hunt, like, that's what they, that's their activity, you know? So that's what they do. No, but is that acceptable, I'm saying? Well, not to me. Like, I'm okay. completely anti-everything. Okay. I'm anti-everything to do okay. with animals. Okay, I got Wendy back again. Wendy, Jane is yeah. upset that you would consider, or, or I think you said you want the dog put down. Did I misread that or mishear that? Um, yeah, hi, Neil. Um, yeah, my initial reaction when the dog killed my cat was that I wanted that dog put to sleep. It had inflicted harm on my cat. It had killed her, shook her to death in front of us. And yes... Um, I wanted the dog put to sleep. Do I want the dog put to sleep now? Yes and no. Um, Obviously, I don't want to see an animal being put to sleep unnecessarily or suffer in any way, shape or form. My heart's torn. I have a little dog myself. If my dog was to bite a child, I would have it put to sleep immediately. Um, I'm trying to draw a comparison between the two. And obviously... Sorry, you're still there? You want to draw yeah, a comparison between the two and stopped? Yeah, I'm trying to draw a comparison um, between the two. I, um, if my little dog, I have a little Jack Russell, if she bit a child or if she bit one of my cats, I, I'd be horrified if she bit a child, I would have her put to sleep. Um, I think the same applies with a, a, a cat or if it was to kill another dog. I think that the onus lies on the owner. We asked the owner to do the responsible thing. She wouldn't. It was reported to the guardie and now it's up to the to the judge when it finally goes to court whether they stop. But if you have a but if not. you have a say in that court case, and the judge asks you, will you ask for the lurcher to be put to sleep? That's what Jane wants to clarify. Probably, probably not now. To be honest, no. My initial anger has died down. Um, it's more sadness now with regards to my cat, um, and and I'm I want to do the right thing, obviously, by everybody, but I want justice for my cat at the end of the day I want the owner to be held totally responsible for this dog if it's on a therapy um, if it's with a therapy group then the dog needs taken off the list because I'm as far as I'm concerned okay. that, that dog I just I just wanted to clarify that point so would, would yeah. you be okay say for instance as Jane is suggesting with that lurcher being given over to um, perhaps somebody like like a rescue centre or something like that Somebody that could control the dog or or look after it properly, not not be negligent in any way, shape okay. or form. Okay, yeah. all right. How about that, Jane? Are you, do you feel a little that more... Sounds, yeah, that sounds perfect because every rescue that I've been involved in, which is only two, rehome appropriately. And there's a home for every dog, no matter what they've done. There is actually a home. They might wait six months, a year, and they might have to go further afield, like the UK, Sweden, Germany, you know. Italy, but there is a home for the dog and they will be cared for appropriately. Okay, so the option of putting the dog down is now off the table, I believe. Excellent. And Wendy, I'm so sorry about your little cat. I'm really sorry about that. Thank you, Jane. Thank you. And I don't know, Mark was saying to me there just before I came on air that me saying that I wanted the dog put down initially was shining a bad light on the the animal organisation I work for. I don't think that's the case at all. I'm an advocate for animal welfare and 
and I've supported this group for a long, long time. I give to different rescue charities over the years. No, I know that, but cats are you, you know, your I'm thing just, and dogs are Jane's thing. And I can understand why she got a bit upset, you know. Yeah, oh, I can too. I do. Because you did bring up putting the... I wish to offend, offend yeah. anybody no, know, at all, but it's just my personal feelings I now. I understand. I understand. Okay, appreciate both of you coming on. Thank you for coming back, Wendy and Jane. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. Stephanie. 104 to 106 Red FM. Says this happened at Grona Broher in my parents' garden a few years back. People laughed and clapped while the cat was mangled. It was disgusting. The excuses need to stop now. I have five cats and they're great companions. This is an evil act. I would die of shame if it was one of my sons. This is referencing Wednesday night where the uh, cat was uh, literally ripped apart at the tr- at the throat. Uh, Anne-Marie, I'm so sorry to say this, but I would end up in prison if someone did this to my pet. Uh, this is so awful. There is something seriously wrong with any person who does this. Shame on them. Elma says, about time a dedicated animal police force was set up. Anyone who does this sort of thing is a sociopath who will eventually move on to humans after they do this to animals. The law needs to change. You abuse an animal, you need to be charged, convicted and handed a prison sentence. This is evil and it should be stamped out. It doesn't matter what the age of these people are. Enough is enough. Well, if they're juveniles, it does matter. The law happens to be very different in that regard. Now, that's another topic of conversation as to whether the thing that needs to change. It's disgusting. I'm fuming. How can anyone do this to an animal? I'm so sorry for that family's loss. I hope justice is served. I can't bear any more of this horrific cruelty. The poor soul must have suffered horrifically and everyone must be beyond traumatised. Now, these guys laughed and recorded the cat being torn apart by the dog. Um, I'm sickened even thinking that these evil lowlifes actually go home to so-called parents. Anyone who knows them, knows who did this, is just as guilty if they don't report them to the Gardaí. Maybe the parents know nothing about it. Pure evil. The youngsters will have nightmares in years to come with regards to what they did as kids. Sharon says it's so horrendous. It's sickening to think that there are people out there who get some kind of a thrill or enjoyment out of torturing defenceless animals. Something more needs to be done. It's happening all of the time. We need tougher laws around animal cruelty. I'm sorry for what happened to this person's much-loved pet. These young people are disturbed. This behaviour should not be tolerated, and they should be brought to justice. And just one or two more. There are reams of these. How sad for the family, the youngsters who take delight from doing such horrible and disgusting things. I can't imagine how proud the parents are of their sons and the little the, the little monsters that they actually have created. This is just the most horrific and disgusting thing. I don't know how anyone could, could hurt such an innocent animal. My stomach's turning. They should be punished, even if they're juveniles. Ireland doesn't have a good enough animal protection system. This is the most cruel act ever. Uh, I will endeavour to get some more of those texts on after 10 o'clock. We'll pick it up after that. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. We would all love to see the Gardaí get a result in all these cases, but with kids, a lot of the time it's juvenile cautions. Fiona says, this is murder of a family member. Michaela says, it's a possible gateway to becoming a criminal in later years, be it a murderer, a rapist or an abuser. Has anyone seen the Netflix documentary Don't F With Cats? That's how that guy started out. Yes, he did, videoing stuff like that. Wow, they really chased him, didn't they? Gillian says the parents should be given a prison sentence. Paula says someone needs to report these kids and kids like that to Tusla because this is not normal behaviour. I can tell you now, says Pauline, if it was my cat or dad, dog, that was killed that night, they wouldn't be standing today. Go and get them. See how brave they are. Um... 
What are you talking about there? Just take the law into your own hands. And a final one, Michelle says, the same thing happened to our boomer six years ago. It happened up in Rathcooney. The neighbours thought I was being assaulted. I screamed so loud. I watched as the dog grabbed her by the throat and I couldn't get the dog to release her. It was truly horrific. The guardy were very helpful, but I couldn't do anything as I had no idea who these people were. That's just a selection of texts to 0868 104 106. And there'll be lots more of that, I'm sure, throughout the course of the morning. Um, with regards to that incident in Blarney, I mean, it's bad, it's bad when a dog rips a, a cat apart. It really is, don't get me wrong. But we're on a completely different level, right, of cruelty when it's human beings doing it. So with regards to the little cat being set alight in the child's play kitchen a couple of weeks back out in Tower, I think it was Friday the 31st of July, uh, that's in a completely different league of cruelty, I believe, because that's humans, uh, kids, and you think that kids would love pets every single child. You know, but then again, you have rogue ones that clearly don't. We just checked in with the guards there again uh, with the Garda Press Southern Region, and they have said the Gardaí continue to investigate this incident, and they are following a definite line of inquiry. So hopefully they won't be found wanting on this. A definite line of inquiry. Sounds promising, doesn't it? And hopefully Garda Press will come back to us um, if they have a result on that, and hopefully they will. Lines are open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text 0868104106. My daughter was the girl who went out to help Katie's cat Wednesday night. We could hear the cat screaming from our bedroom, but by the time we got there, it was too late. My daughter's absolutely traumatized by what she saw. She hasn't slept or ate since, as she thought at first it was her own cat, as they're very alike, and she is an absolute animal lover with a heart of gold. Mind you, my 12-year-old son has been crying uh, since this happened, as he heard me scream and he woke up. See the effects that can have on people? Awful. Okay, we'll come back to that throughout the course of the morning, but I did promise it's going to be a busy morning this morning. Mary, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Now, I did get your email and you gave me chapter and verse, but just um, just talk me through it. This is uh, an example of how prices can increase quite rapidly. Yeah, exactly. So we were in, we stayed in the Kenmar Bay Foreland Holiday Homes there back. The Kenmare Bay Hotel Foreland Holiday Homes are attached yeah. to the hotel, are they? So, well, they're off site. They're just off site by the centre, but they're to the Kenmare Bay Hotel. Okay. okay. You stayed so there for we, four nights this year, the early July. Yeah. yeah. And it was six hundred and fifty euro for the four nights. And when we got home on the twenty first of July, I looked it up for next year, and the price was nine hundred and ninety eight euro for a week from the tenth of July to the seventeenth of July. Okay. So then I went to book it last week on the seventh of August, and when I went to us, the price had gone up to two thousand and nine euro. From from nine hundred and ninety eight to two thousand and nine. Yeah, I know. Do you get any explanation as to why it had yeah, over doubled? So I rang on Monday and the first girl told, told me that um, she didn't know that the prices were gone up probably because of COVID and all this. So I said, can I speak to a manager? So I went on to the manager and the manager told me that basically she thinks it's because the poor and housing homes have gotten more popular so the prices have gone up a thousand euros. But even if they were more popular, like how how do you come up with over a thousand euro increase? That's what I said to her. I said that's really not a valid reason, like a thousand euro. So I emailed the managers on Monday, and I still haven't heard back. So you paid six hundred and fifty. Yeah. So um, two houses we took because we had two families going. This is for seven nights, is it? 
Yeah, so for four nights in July, we paid 1,300 euro for two houses. Right, okay. And then we wanted to book two houses again for next year for a week. And when I looked it up, it was 998 euro. So me and my friend said, oh, we book two houses when we get paid. So when we looked it up last Friday gotcha. and we said we'll go get the two houses, they gone up to for one house to 2,009 euro. And is this done on their own website or is it through booking.com, yeah. hotel.com? No, it's on, it's on their own website. I even went in this morning and it's still at 2009 euro. I just think that like it's not a valid reason to say that the four, that the holiday homes have gotten more popular. Like a thousand euro, like it's just me, my partner and my child. Because, like, you know, no it is it is in and around a grand now for a very good location to rent your own house. That's what you're going to... And, yeah. And that, and you were willing to pay that, in fairness. I mean, and, yeah. And Kenmare is no beautiful. I'm paying a thousand euro. Yeah. But like two thousand euro is a lot of money. And then like the other house, they have three kids as well. Like, so it's a lot of money for us to have to fork out. And then you've got food, drink, activities, day trips. And you're down there for a week. Like, so if we spend two thousand on a house, it's the bones of the holiday for the week could be nearly three and a half, four thousand euro. Come here, you have a fortnight in the Caribbean for that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So I just think like what they're doing. And it is it's definitely because people are having vacations now. But so, hang on a second, 2009 is for next summer when we won't be... next summer, like, yeah. there's no, I know there's no guarantee, but the chances are people will be going on foreign holidays next July. Yeah. You see, they obviously don't know, I'd say, what way the economy's going to go. And like, and the lady then kept telling me, now to be fair, Neil, the hotel was amazing. Like the Portland Holiday Homes, it's perfect. I have a two-year-old child. It's all the communal back, so he was able to go into each house and he was safe. You know, like they baby gate, they high chairs, they kids club. Like I couldn't say more for the hotel. But I just think it's scandalous that within two weeks the price can go up a thousand euro. Well, what has it meant? What it has meant actually is that it doesn't permit you to have a holiday there next year. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just think it's crazy what they're asking for. And then the girl the other day said, well, look, it's the owner that put the money off. I All can't right. explain. Well, why. we contacted them by email. Uh, I don't know whether we phoned or not, but I do know that we sent an email outlining all it. Sometimes you send out an email with all of the details on it. We yeah. know that we know that they have read the email, but they haven't replied yet. Uh, so we might just yeah. check again before midday and see yeah. if, uh, if we can get them on the phone. I on Monday. And but the reason you were you got an email Monday, did you get a response? No, and I emailed again yesterday morning to the girl and I said, look, can you confirm that you've gotten my email and that you're working on it? And I still got no reply. Now, they obviously got the email because it's the right address. It didn't get kicked back or nothing. But like if I had a business now, something like that, you know, and you see ads like this, you say, we will guarantee this year's rates if you book next year now. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. the kind of marketing yeah. you should be doing yeah. now. Not yeah. saying it's going um, from 998 yeah. to 2009. Where yeah. did they come up with the nine anyway? Yeah, exactly. And then they said, they said, because I'm returning customer, they'll give it to me for 1800. So that's still 800 or more. Like, sir, it's just impossible. Now, could it be a case that, that the rates were, might be very, very luxurious and the rates were dropped for this summer? That 2009 is a normal week? Um, no, because, well, see, because we booked for this year, we booked it back in January. Yeah, I know, before any of this, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Do you know what I mean? And the girl then tried to tell me that the first two weeks they opened, they gave a discount, and that's why I got the for 650. And I said, no, that's not true, because I booked it back in January. I didn't book it just as you opened. We'd have booked 
before all this lockdown happened and we kept the booking open just in case there was a chance we could get there. Well, you know something, that's the problem with Ireland sometimes. Things are just too damn dear and is it any wonder that people get upset or go overseas? Let's see what they say when they do come back and see how they can justify that kind of an increase, all right? Okay, perfect. Uh, And in the meantime, if you hear anything, you come back to me as well, okay? I will, yeah, no bother. Appreciate it. Cheers. Okay, no, from 998 to 2009, you really should be saying to customers, as I said, if you want to stay in business, we guarantee if you book now for next year, we'll give you this year's rates. No increases. But anyway, I'll come back to that. Lenny, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you, boy? Uh, well, and same kind of thing happened with the Ryanair flight. Wasn't that the case? Oh, yeah, Ryanair. Um, so we were due to fly out to, from Dublin to Barcelona, Reus, on the 31st of August, coming. And back on the 12th. So, obviously, we're not going. Like, there's five of us, myself, my wife, and the three kids. So, uh, I have the option of changing the flight. So You, could, you, could, you could go, but you've decided not yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're not going. I mean, God knows what you're going over to and quarantine coming back. And that's just not worth it. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I went to look about changing the flight. So, there's a 450 euro charge just to change the flights. 90 euro each um, so that's before I do anything now I have a thousand euros paid for the flight this year so when I went to change the flight no I haven't done so but when I went to change them right the, you got your 450 euro to go to change and you pay the difference then of the cost of the flight how much so how much is the four, how do you break down the 450 is that because it's, 40, it's, it's 45 euro per head per flight to change so, the flight and there's so five of you going me, Five or so, ninety ahead by five. God. Um. So I, I, the, the cost of the flight. So the, the flight going out is seventy one ninety nine, right? And the flight coming back is one hundred and thirty eight ninety nine. Now, most people and, and myself included would just go and book that flight and not think about it because that's just the cost of it. So I just, I just had a look myself if I was to book the same flight. As a brand new booking, yeah. So the flight going out, as opposed to being seventy one, would have been fifty nine, which is not much really. But the flight coming back, right? Coming back, if I'm to change it, is one hundred thirty eight. But as a new booking, the booking is seventy one ninety nine ahead. Same flight, the same time. So they're basically screwing you for changing the flight. So right? like the, I, I know, I know it's bad form, like, and you think that. Perhaps they should allow you to change the flight for free, but it, it would, it's better if you just scrap the old flights now and just book again. It's, well, it, it, it works out at the same, really, whether I... They're, they're both working out. Because I have a 1000 going down on the flight that I've paid already, I'd have to pay an extra 600 to change, whereas a new booking would cost about five, five just under 600 But I, I don't understand how they're charging double the cost for the same flight if I'm changing it as opposed to a new booking because they say it's 50 euro per person per flight changing fee no 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 it's on top it's 450 on top of that oh my god really yeah the the cost of changing the flight isn't included in that cost per flight yo I know it's it's 45 to change a flight yeah yeah correct which is 90 return but but the, the that's on top of the double the price of the the actual flight. So what do you? So that's an admin fee, if you like. An, an admin four hundred and fifty. So take that out, and the flight coming back is one hundred and thirty-eight ninety-nine. If I was to change the flight, 
But if I was to do it, a new booking, it's seventy one ninety nine. They're so you're the, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're kind of a necessary evil a lot of the time, right there. We love uh, them because they fly everywhere. But. Yeah, and and to be fair, no, I I I don't have many bad words to say about them because I've flown to the UK with the whole family for sixty quid. No, nor nor do I, incidentally. I love Ryanair yeah. because they take me anywhere I want, by and yeah. large, reasonably cheap. But you know, it's when things I when feel, things go wrong that's when the problems start. Uh, I feel that, and I think Brenda said to me yesterday she had something similar happen to her. Um, I'm not sure the details of that, but something similar happened to her with the flight. So oh, well, in fairness, she she cancelled like like many people. She cancelled her summer holidays a couple of weeks yeah. back, and she's not flying and going to do things local yeah. instead. So, what are you going to do? Well, luckily we were able to change the holiday to next year. Just transfer the balance from this year to next year. So it, it, it doesn't matter really whether I rebook or change the flight. It's going to cost me the same. But the fact that they're doubling the price of the flight coming back when I change it, I should essentially be able to change it for, for what I've paid if they stick to the prices that they're yeah, charging yeah, yeah. as a new booking, you know yeah, what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. And also, you would think that they wouldn't be penalising people who uh, change flights, not ca- not cancel or look for money back, but change flights because of COVID, you know, for doing the yeah, right thing. They just do themselves no favour some things, really, should they don't. All right, my man, thanks for sharing. Much obliged to you, Lenny. Lines open, one 850 back after the break. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. Got an email from Karen at uh, Anamkara overnight to drop me a line to say that Anamkara Cork will return there with their face-to-face group support meetings to in Cork in September. So good news. Since March, those meetings were suspended, but they're launching their online group support in May. Face-to-face and online will run for September and Anamkara support parents after bereavement. So a lot of, well done, Karen. Thank you for that. A lot of things are moving online. I also see in the examiner this morning, um, it's been very low key, actually. Usually I hear an awful lot more about it. So I'm assuming it is this weekend, uh, this Saturday, uh, Cork Heritage Open Day. So that's moving online. The examiner did an interview with a chap by the name of Gareth O'Callaghan, who'll be giving a, a virtual guided tour of the former Cork Savings Banks on, Bank on Laps Key this Saturday as part of Cork Heritage Day. So it's the open day. Um, It's completely online this year. There'll be virtual tours online, interviews, history quizzes, competitions, and it's all happening um, across... I hope they'll leave it up for a long time, but it's certainly tomorrow. Further details at www.corkheritageopenday.ie. So there'll be... It gives you an opportunity to go onto the website. It'll go live, and you'll be able to explore virtually some of the actual virtual... Uh, online uh, walkabout Cork's finest historic buildings including a place that I haven't been yet the old Cork waterworks experience I've cycled past it a few times the Ut- Unitarian Church Balancholic Gunpowder Mills the Custom House the Port of Cork Blarney Castle the National Sculpture Factory the Masonic Hall Heineken Ireland and the Cork Chamber and lots more besides so that's tomorrow for Cork Heritage Open Day which has gone completely online this year. So well done to him. Uh, a lot of emails and different topics over the last uh, 24 hours. There's so much coming in with regards to Carry On Down in Skull. You know, they call it Club Piero. Fair play to that fellow Jason who came on air talking about kids parting on the Skull Pier. He had an absolutely valid point, and that is that young people need to socialise, and so many people seem to be against this. These kids are outdoors, after all, and they are safe 
as safe as they can be in the circumstances. He also said there needs to be a solution to the rubbish issue. I think they need to be educated, like he said. Why do you have to educate people about litter? There should be guards going down with bin liners and telling them to have fun, be safe and clean up your mess. And if they don't, then the party will soon be over. Um, because I believe the people of Skull are getting angry. Uh, talk to the teenagers. You might get a surprise and find that they're inherently good, but just a bit dumb sometimes, says Aoife. Another one. I heard you talking about Club Piero on yesterday's show. There was a gentleman who complimented the teenagers for creating their own social venue. If that person on air with you had to put up with what we're living with in Skull, he wouldn't be long changing his tune. These teenagers are making our life a pure and utter misery. And there's very little the Gardaí can do about it. I think there's only two guards down there anyway. Uh, we have two Gardaí stationed here and anything up to 400 parting on the pier, spilling into the car park. How in the name of God are these two Gardaí expected to handle this situation? We need more guards drafted in to deal with the, with the situation. Recently, there was a party in Centre Park that began at 5.15pm and had people coming and going till 7 o'clock the following morning. One neighbour came out his door in his bare feet and stood straight into human poo. If someone is this depraved to do something like that, that they're capable of doing anything. We fear now as a skull community, if we speak up, we'll become targeted by yobs. We're brassed off with the events and don't know where to turn. The elderly residents of the community hospital are anxious and scared because of the crowds of young people that are gathering close by, shouting, swearing, drinking, vomiting, threatening anyone who tries to talk to them. It's a sorry day when we have to live in fear of reprisals for being hard-working taxpayers, don't you think? The majority of those causing trouble aren't even from Skull. They're from outlying areas in other parts of the county. Tidy Towns is the one that cleans up the mess left behind by these revellers daily. They have to replant the flowers that are damaged nightly. The supermarket in town had its landscaping destroyed by drunken louts. Local farmers have had their fields strewn with rubbish and broken beer bottles. The fields were set aside for silage but can't be used now in case there's glass in the feed after harvesting. Um, That could happen, yeah, glass in feed. Uh, We need action from the relevant authorities, better support from the Gardaí. Parents need to step up to the plate, take responsibility for their children. They're far from children now, in fairness. In no fairness. They should know where they are at all times. If large groups like this continue together, I fear another Kildare or Leash lockdown. Obviously, don't give out my details. There's more of that, reams of them, but I want to get back to the phone lines. Dan, good morning. Uh, hello, I think so. Can you relate to that email? Because I believe you're a local, of, a Skull local as well, yeah? Yeah, I am. I live right next to the pier. Uh, those are all valid points about the youth causing trouble. But uh, what I'm talking about is the pier. Now, that's a spot that locals use. All the youth causing trouble in other areas of town, definitely the guards crack down on. Okay, but the Club Piero is the pier, isn't it? Yeah, that'd be it. But that's been used by locals going back decades, and people of all ages, from 20s to their 50s, use that. It's only during Cavs Week, really, that it gets a bad rap because of the dozens of crowds that come down from the city and everywhere else. Yeah, for years we used to hear similar stories with regards to the Heineken 7s out of Kinsale. Don't know if it's still as bad, but that kind of carry on. So, you you know, the, Skull isn't an area that I know very well, but I know a lot of people go down there. There's a mobile chipper there. There's super stuff. People like to congregate and maybe have a glass of vino and things like that. But none of that is possible now, is it? 
Uh, that's the thing. It's only during Cows Week that this gets brought up because the amount of people that come down and cause trouble. Uh, any other week of the year, the locals use that and do it responsibly and will even clean up after themselves and others. But it's only this week we're getting a bad rap. And I don't think the bylaw should be brought in to limit that because it's only limiting it for one week of the year that hundreds are down here. And the rest of the year, we're not going to be able to use it when it's us being responsible. Oh, because it would prevent 365 anybody doing anything on the pier because of the bad one week. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, gotcha. So are you saying that the locals like you should just put up with it for the week, is it? Uh, that one week, I think the guards should do more about it, definitely. there's If you bring in bylaws like that, you're taking away another facility from the locals. You use that to socialise uh, just to combat one but week. would you not say that they should be cracking down on this one week, though? Oh, they definitely should, yeah. This one week, yeah, they definitely would want to. The guards need to be around. What's it? Can you tell me as a as a local living right next to the pier, what's it like on a nightly basis? Uh, it's grand during the week. The only week that it, during the weekdays that's noisy was Cavs Week, which was last week, which is over now. So the weekends are going to be quieting down again. But there will be noise some nights at the Friday, Saturday night. But it's a seasonal thing. It dies down. So you're not expecting a problem tonight. You say the 400 parting young people are gone, are they? Oh, they're gone. That won't be happening. That happens for one week out of the year. That won't be happening again. Were you able to year. sleep? I mean, was it mental? Uh, it was mental. There's hundreds around. A lot of them are camping. They're not doing much to the town. They're causing trouble. But they're not from here. That's the thing. And were you making a point with regards to the amount of money that can be charged for holiday homes? I couldn't quite follow that. What were you saying about that? I was saying that uh, the TDs, some of the people who are speaking about this, they brought up that the people who were complaining about noise that week it was residents leaving. There are people who are charging money for the holiday homes near the pier, which they can charge up to two grand a week for. Wasn't it a case that tourists were leaving because of it, though? Yeah, tourists staying in these holiday homes, but there's a handful of holiday homes by the pier. Um, I'd say who are these lecture representatives looking after if they're only looking after the landlords living next to the pier who can't charge more than two grand a week? No, not really. I mean, if a punter has paid two grand for a family holiday and they have to leave because of noise and people act in the maggot, there's nothing right about that. Oh, no, that's fair. But there's one week out of the year, Cavs Week, that... If, these, some, if someone's renting out a house someone coming down they should notify them that this week is going to be the busiest week of the year Okay, good point well made so don't make any changes to bylaws it will impinge the community all year if you do this is just That's for the, the one week yeah. yeah, see we're all blaming the crowds to come down but it's too late to do anything to them now if you bring in bylaws it only affects the locals Okay, Were you? did you go out and party with them I wonder you seem as if you're that age uh, I would have been out one or two nights, sorry, yeah. Okay. And where was all the drink coming from? Were they getting it in supermarkets or off licenses? Or? Uh, I've no doubt that they could just buy it in the shop. I don't think there was that much of a young crowd around. I'd say they were of legal age. Oh, no, I'm not disputing that. I'm just wondering where did they manage to get so much of it. I saw the after effects the next morning and it was it was an awful lot of junk, like. Yeah, no, I'd say buying in the shop for anywhere else, I don't know, really. Okay, and you don't think there could be a, a COVID-19 issue here with so many people in close proximity, then going home and mixing with others? No, that wasn't a worry? Oh, definitely no. With that many people, there is. But I'm saying now this weekend or another week, there could be maybe 20 people gotcha. down there. Okay, I know. Okay, good points. Well made. Thanks for making them. Appreciate that. Thanks for taking the call. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. 
Red FM. Okay, I'll read some more emails on this as well, but it would appear from uh, calls there a little while ago that the issue involving scholars for the week of uh, the week of Cavs Week during the first week of August every year, the massive influx into Skull. Uh, for the sailing and the racing, and then it calms down again. Uh, Jack, good morning. How are you, Neil? Good. Can you hear me all right? I can, yeah, I can. Yeah. Okay, it's just breaking up a bit. So you're you're 23 years of age, you're local to Skull, is that right? I am, yeah. I'm even drinking at the pier now. No, I can't hear you, man. Can you just move around a little bit there? I'm so full of sorry. Can signal that? Can you hear me now? That's better. Okay, so go ahead. What's on your mind? Uh, I'm just saying, like, Piero uh, has been blown out well out of proportion, like, because we've been doing it for years now, and there hasn't been this much, there hasn't been this much publicity about it with everyone posting videos and all that. It's just, like, that, the two weeks of Cavs Week, it is the busiest week in Skull, and there has never been this much trouble about it, like. But, we're, we're, do, but were, the, were there the same videos and same reaction to it last year, I wonder? No, because no one would be videoing it, because I don't know why. It's just this year because it's not the I'll tell you what, my man, I do want to talk to you, but I can't on that phone line. So as soon as that's cleaned up, I'm happy to bring you back on again because I do want to hear what you have to say. There's a wider issue at play in Skull than people congregating at the pier on a normal weekend. There could be maybe 20, um, up to maybe between 20 and 60 locals spread all along the pier area and the park, making not much noise, using the bottle banks, not forming a ridiculous crowd, as has been the case on summer weekends in Skull. For decades. During the first week of August, though, Cavs Week, there's a huge influx into Skull. This year was no different, despite the official event being cancelled. Right? There wasn't even an event. Yacht races still went ahead out of Skull Harbour, and every holiday house in Skull had been booked weeks in advance. Last weekend, there was also an influx of young people from Cork, Bantry, Don Manway, and many other big towns around the county, all of whom made up the vast majority of the crowd of 400 at the pier. It is known that some of these people caused damage to local property, pulled flowers up from the graveyard near where they were camping. They were not local or associated with the locals. They were here just to cause havoc. Garda presence was also less than usual for some bizarre reason. No other weekend of the summer is like the August Bank holiday or Cavs Week weekend. And to suggest an outdoor drinking ban for Skull is actually irresponsible. Okay, interesting point. It will push people to socialise in their houses, which is far worse than social distancing. What we need in Skull is more public bins. Um, There's nowhere for people to put dog poo, let alone rubbish. Likewise, the noise complaints are coming from landlords who rent their second or third house to holidaymakers for outrageous problems. Sorry, outrageous prices. A problem in Skull that has caused local families to be evicted during the summer or not to be able to find somewhere to rent at all. Some say it's up to two grand for a week in Skull, peak summer. I live within earshot of the pier and I work locally in the village. I have no problem with Club Piero and think it's pretty slanderous the way reporting on the topic has been done. Too many opinions are coming from people who know very little about Skull, says Meg. There's a lot of mess- mixed messages there, Meg, because on the one hand you're saying uh, that uh, it's 400 coming in from outside and they've come down to cause havoc. I mean, what's... How is that slanderous if if you're also saying it, you know? Anyway, let, let's see if it's any better phone-wise. Jack, good morning. Hello, how are you? How better, are you? my man. We'll do the best we can. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I'm just saying, like, it's been happening for years. And as the publicity this year is outrageous. Like, it's been happening for the last dec- few decades even. Like, 
So I don't know why the publicity this year is so bad. Because uh, because I've just like because I've just been seeing the video from this year, and people are emailing, texting, and calling about this year. So if it's been the same every year, I don't know why they're making a big deal this year. I don't know. I, I don't know either. It's been happening for years, and this is well out of proportion. Are they coming in from outside? Then they're not. Clearly, there's not 400 of them local. They're coming from Cork and coming from other towns. 100%. 100%. There's youngsters coming in on the buses from Cork. Like, I was sitting outside the Barnardi last weekend, and there was about 40 people that were from Cork City. Youngsters with, with sailing pads, bags, pop-up tents and everything. I don't know where they're staying. Like, they're obviously camping in the field. And that's the same every year? Every year. But should this year be slightly different, don't you think, considering what we're going through, no? If, if, yeah, obviously, but... Why, why are they still coming down if, if, if it's different? If it's different, they shouldn't be coming down in the first place. So every but year, the morning after is just a, a wreck of litter and bottles and glass and cans and stuff, is it? No, we don't condone that at all because right. obviously there are bottle banks at the pier we could put our bottles in. But what are we going to do with the cardboards and stuff? We have no bins. As you were saying earlier on your show, I heard that. Yeah. We have no bins for cardboard in or rubbish or paper or anything. And like can I just ask as well, with regards to the, the 400 nod, there's no fighting or assaults or anything, so there's not? Well, there would be fighting, obviously, but it, oh. if there was a fight, it would be dispersed within maybe 10 seconds. It would be stopped because we don't like that at all. We don't like that one bit. It's bang out of order. If you come down and cause trouble, we don't want you to. We do encourage people to come down and spend money in our business, in our businesses and our premises, but we don't condone causing trouble and causing uh, damage to property, like graves and the car pack up above. Yeah, but all, all of that did happen, particularly regarding the graves. Yeah, that did happen. Yeah, that did happen. It's bang out of order, I think. Yeah, but... Like... You come down and have a bit of respect. Like, they were camping in that field where the graveyard is. Yeah. So, there's no, there's no other... There's a, there's a thing at the point there, and it's not us. So, what, like, how, how, do, how do we resolve this, then? Just, like, live with it, is it? Yeah, basically, but, like, they need... But, like... If Piero was shut down, let's say, there's no other safer place to drink outside in Scotland. So there's got to be a happy medium somewhere then, doesn't there? Yeah, yeah, there does have to, have to be somewhere. Like, but the guards do come down and they uh, check on the situation. But sometimes if there's only four or five guards come down and there's 400 people, we both know they can't do much. They can observe the situation, which they did. They observed it from afar. They just kept looking. But they can't do much. They can't disperse it, nothing. Because there's only two of them. If there was lots more, though, because you're not supposed to have 400 people gathering in close proximity like this with regards to COVID guidelines. But realistically, it's not. Uh, okay. Personally, that's what I think anyway, because okay, okay. we can all disperse as a crowd and we're not all, we're not all in like a cattle man club. You know, we're not all close Okay, I, I appreciate... Listen, Jack, I do appreciate your call. My apologies. I did the best I could with the phone line, but it's just shocking. But I think you made some valid points and I thank you for them. Let me see what our phone lines though and see if it's any better on this line with uh, Paul. Paul, good morning. Hi, good morning. That's just life in school. Are you a local? I am, yeah. I am, yeah. I've been living there 10 years now. Okay, yep. so Jack is saying this has gone on for 30, 40 years. This year is no different to any other year. It's being blown out of proportion. Uh, he's right. He's right. It's a sad thing to say he's right. And your previous caller, Dan, I think his name is, uh, he pretty much hit everything on the head there. It's, um, it happens throughout the summer, but it's not that bad until you get to the first couple of weekends in August. And then they're always the worst. 
Um, and there's a number of us uh, go around and clear up a lot of that rubbish in the morning, early in the morning, so that it's gone before a lot of the tourists get up as well. Um, some weekends it's it's worse than others. You know, the video you had on the, on Facebook there is not uncommon for that first or second weekend in August, unfortunately. And what, like, how many of you cleaned up that, you know, the video you're referring to, and how long did it take? Uh, usually, I would. I didn't take part in clearing up that one. I'll, I'll admit that I wasn't available that uh, that time. But um, the council guy, um, there's one local council guy who usually goes around and does it. But he doesn't start work till nine o'clock. So there's a number of volunteers that go out in the morning from tidy towns and the community council from six thirty seven o'clock to try and get rid of most of it before the tourists get up. It takes a good couple of hours when it's like that, with you know four or five people doing it. Um, it gets bagged up and it gets left for the council to pick up. So the bottles go in the bottle bins. There are bottle bins down there. Um, all the cardboard and other rubbish gets put in bags and then it's left on the side of the road. And when the guy uh, from the council comes around, he picks them up and chucks them in the back of his van. So here's it's the thing. With- OK, so here's yep. the thing, right? This is a holiday destination. It is a very beautiful town. The whole of that area yep. of West Cork is gorgeous. Obviously, people want tourists to come down there. Even the 400 that were there in the video that I saw, they're spending yeah. a lot of money. So economically, it's important for Skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. So is it a necessary evil, I wonder? Um, yeah, I'd say it is. Locals are making two grand a week renting out their houses kind of thing. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I know it is expensive to try to rent somewhere. Um, we were looking to go away for a week in Donegal. Um, simply because that's one county we've never been to. Um, and we were going the first week in September, and it's probably going to cost us the best part of a thousand euros, twelve hundred euros to find somewhere to rent. Um, so, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if there are a few places at 2000 in Skull. Because um, it seems it, to me it, that an awful lot of people from the city either have places in Skull or go to Skull for a couple of weeks, or some go for, some go for a couple of months. That's correct. That's, that's correct, yeah. I, you'd have to look at the the exact figures, but I think, you know, there's, uh, if you look at the census, there's something like 650, 670 odd people living in Skull all year round. And then in the summer, that jumps up to three, maybe 4,000. During Carves Week, it's probably nearer 5,000 people okay. are down there. Okay, that's a lot of Although people. Although Carves Week wasn't officially on this year, I have to add that. The, the sailing club, given their due, did cancel it, um, but it doesn't stop people still coming down. You see, I also get that you could have 18, 20, 22, 24, 26 year olds who aren't going on holidays, aren't going overseas. They want to meet their yeah. friends. They want to have a bit yeah. of fun. And I'm like, I personally am all for that. Like if they just cleaned up the mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there, there's two issues here, really. One is the numbers that congregate. It's not normally 400. That was exceptional if there were 400 people there. And they're not in a small space either. They're spread out all along the pier, which is a large area. They're spread out along the foreshore um, to, to the sort of north and the south of the pier. Um, so, you know, they're big congregating in groups, 20, 30, 40 at the most, maybe something like that, four or six in their in their group of friends. The other issue, apart from that, is is, um, is the litter that's left. And there aren't any bins down there. Um, it would be helpful if the council were to put large bins down there um, over the summer months. Make less work for the guy next morning, wouldn't it? Well, he's got to clear it up and they have to get rid of it anyway. You know, we, we, the community council have asked in the past, bins are a big issue because people do stuff them with their domestic rubbish. And the tidy towns in conjunction with the council earlier on this year put out some new bins on Main Street. But they all have to be placed where CCTV cameras cover them. 
because um, there really was only one on Main Street and that was it. Now there's more than that. But there does need to be something down by the pier. And yeah, you're right. The guy's coming down in the morning anyway. He's either picking up bags of rubbish that have been collected for him or he's going around picking up the rubbish, sticking it in his van and taking it down to the local recycling centre or wherever they take it. Yeah. So if there was a bin there, it'd make his life a bit easier and hopefully there wouldn't be so much rubbish. I think that is a big societal change anyway over the years with regards to outside drinking outdoors or in public parks. Whether that's a good thing or bad, I don't know. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the price of alcohol in pubs. That's why young people drink outdoors and buy an off-license in supermarkets, you know. Uh, yeah. They don't have a whole lot of money, you see, the, for, to begin with. Yeah, there was an advert on, on, you know, on the radio yesterday. I haven't heard it this morning. You can buy 20 bottles of Heineken for less than 20 euros in Centra at the moment. Well, there you go. You pay a fiver a bottle in a pub. Yeah, yeah. You know? So and there, you know, it's nice down there by the pier. There's tables and chairs down there, but there's nowhere to put rubbish down there. Um, a lot of people do take it away with them during the day, but it's at night time. Everyone's drunk then, you know, when they're down there, so they're not. It's the last, that, come here, it's the last thing on their mind. I get it. Listen, yeah, thanks absolutely. for that objective point of view, Paul. Have a good weekend down in Skull. Appreciate You're you taking welcome. the call. Take care. Yep, take care. Bye Cheers. Bye. Uh, lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text 0868104106. I was in Killaloo on Loch Derg last Saturday in a camper van. The amount of youths, 14, 15, 16, 17. There's about 150 of them plus, I'd say. They gathered in the afternoon drinking vodka and beer. They congregated by the slip, roaring and drinking. This is at Loch Derg. It was frightening. Some, some were carrying the orange council cones and roaring through them. These people in their campers thought Killaloo was a quiet place. I've been camping for a while now and I'm spending money everywhere I go and I never witnessed anything like it. We decided to move out at about half past nine before it got totally out of hand as we feared for what could happen. You were lucky you had a camper van, you could just go. I've been visiting the area for years pre-camping when the late Brendan Grace had a pub there uh, and goosers for a bit to eat, a bite to eat. I would have recommended the place in general to friends, but last weekend... They've shown me a side to the place whereby I would be slow to return. I just want to say these youths need to grow up and have some respect for themselves. That's uh, Killaloo, Loch Derg, last Saturday night. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Tom, good morning. Thanks for holding. What's on your mind? Hi, Neil. How are you? Good. Forget about um, Skull and forget about Kinsale and forget about Lockdown. No, don't, don't, don't forget about him. I never said forget about No, him. I know what you're saying, no, but no, we I should be talking about the city. Yeah, okay. Like these things are happening and they should be, they should be dealt with. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, Listen, okay. You know the point I'm making there. Yeah. yeah, I do indeed, yeah, certainly. But I don't want to come down on the side that I'm totally against what, uh, that what's happening in Skull and Prison. That should happen. I don't believe in it. I don't agree with it. No, I was coming through Bishop Lucy Park yesterday, out in the St. Mary's Street as I am today, and up on the right-hand side, just by the the bars, by before the bars, by the fountain, a group of about 10, maybe 12, drinking cans, smoking weed, right? And a group of them urinating against a wall. Now, this was in full view of three ladies who were sitting down on the grass across from the fountain, and kids are playing around the fountain. Now, there's a comic cones. It's happening in there every single day of the there's week. There's a what? It's happening every single day of the week inside the Bishop Lucy Park. Just openly urinating against the wall. I don't think the Bishop Lucy Park ever really reached its full potential because of the reasons you're just describing there. Sure, it didn't. You'd never be 100% comfortable in there, like. No, but it's not just there. Last week... 
I happened to park on Sullivan's Key. These are my two places for parking, because I can get parking there. And I was just approaching the footbridge, and there was two guys on, on Sullivan's Key leaning against the bars, drinking cans. One of them finished his can, obviously, threw it into the river, and then, then proceeded to urinate into the river. This is in broad daylight now. Now, some people would say, some people would intervene or say something, did did you? By the time I got over the bridge, he was finishing, they were sitting on the bench. There was guards going over that bridge every day of the weekend, they're watching that. They're going over there to go over to Anglesey Street, they're walking over that bridge. There's never a day that you don't pass that, they're walking over there. There's some amount of guards walking over there. Or else they're coming down Solomon's Key to walk over it. They still don't go over Parliament Bridge. All right, okay, okay. But the point being, they 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 should see them, or they did see them, or, or what? No, well, they know they know that it's going on, but they turn a blind eye, a blind eye to it. They just ignore it. The Gardaí don't walk into Bishop Lucy Park. I tell them if, if ever see Gardaí walking into it. So there's no council official in there, no, no. Well, there is. Yeah, oh, he was sending. He was standing with his back against the railings, looking at, looking down, looking down at him, taking the sun with his high vis vest. Oh yeah, he was there, all right. Because is it is is not permissible for people to gather and uh, drink alcohol and smoke weed in Bishop Lucy Park, is there? Or did they pass a bylaw saying it is? Well, I mean, it, 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 as far as I'm aware, it's illegal to drink uh, to drink alcohol. On, no, I was being, I'm being, uh, I'm being sarcastic. It is, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is, yeah. But so like, like whether it is in Bishop Lucy Park, or down in Oliver Bunker Street, which is happening in Oliver Bunker Street all the time, Sullivan Ski, or wherever, it's all over the city. Like, it's all over the city. They're just openly drinking. Can't they just walking straight past? We just spend a lot of time and hunting the bagels. I've seen them on mountain bikes going around and they're hunting the bagels from Patrick Street. Just move them on. But street but drinking, then, there's a blind eye being turned to street drinking. Oh, very much so. Okay. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And not just street drinking, openly smoking guns, like, kind of, like, I mean, sometimes you couldn't pass. You know, you'd be nearly high before you get to your car okay, yourself. Yeah. You know that there is an ever-increasing amount of people who have nowhere to live. They're homeless and they can avail oh, of... No, 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 Neil, don't, don't, don't put that one over me at all. I do my best for the homeless. I do as much as I can for the homeless and I've always been a very radical guy as far as people's rights are concerned. But don't, don't, don't put me on the side of being against homeless people because they're drinking on the street. I'm not. I'm against drinking on the street, whether it is young fellas are 19 or 20, or people who have no homes. It doesn't matter who it is. No, I just feel That's for people. I just place. feel for people who are homeless and they have nowhere to go, uh, and their life sure. is their life is their yes, life is a mess. I nearly, you... I, nearly, I nearly walked the shoes off my feet in support of them. As as they did against water travels and every other. No, the best. Not, I'm not saying that. I'm not taken from the good that you've done through your life. I'm just saying that I can understand why they drink. Or I can understand why they take drugs because their lives are their lives miserable. Their lives miserable. years ago. But we've all had miserable lives at one stage or another for one reason or another. They, it's just it. It's to escape the reality that they find themselves in a lot of the time. Well, okay, you can go down that road if you like, but I mean. In one five-month period, we lost three 
generations of our family, my brother, his daughter, and his grandson, all in five months or six months. Right? I didn't take to drink and drugs because that was a horrible time to go through. Yeah. There was a time when we, when we had last, between, before that, and shortly after, we had last six members of our family. I know. Sorry to hear that. You know? Yeah. yeah. I know, and I, I know that's a ter- that's terrible. Losing three, three generations of your family in one six month period. I know, I know, it's awful, and I really do my condolences to you. But 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 for those of us for for those, I know, I appreciate what you're saying. But for those of us who have a roof over our head and a warm bed, we're in a much better place than the misery and the depression that people who are homeless go through every single day in all sorts of weather. There's no doubt about that, and I have nothing but I have nothing but the greatest respect for our situation, right? And I do my best self, but I mean, these these people, like, I mean, I'm, I'm elderly now, okay? I, if I get caught up in town, I can't go and urinate against the wall because if a guard sees me because I'm reasonably well-dressed, I know, and, clean, I know, and I, know. I don't have a car. No, I know, I know, I know, it's not I'll right. I'll be arrested. And tell me, do, does it make you sad when you think of the city of your youth and Burton? It makes me, it makes me sad, but it also makes, it makes me sad for one reason. Neil, what you must appreciate, I have grandchildren, and for years I brought two or three of my grandchildren into the city with me and into Bishop Lucy Park. I wouldn't even think of doing that now. Right. I wouldn't think of bringing one of my grand, grandchildren in there. There was young children playing around the fountain yesterday while these guys were urinating against one. Now, it was bad enough to see them sitting down in the hotel drinking and smoking. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Never seen it so busy. I'm a skull born and bred local. Here's a picture from the beaches that I cleaned myself. Uh, it used to be a very hidden beach, but over the past few years, it's been found by the younger crowd that come down. It's not the locals who ever make this mess. We were taught young to clean up after ourselves. If not, the older group would make sure that we did. We enjoy the groups coming down to Skull, especially when they mix and behave. But also, remember, they're spending money in our local businesses. But there are no bins and the area for dog droppings is all everything. Point being, everything's just left. Uh, and then she sent me photographs as well of everything that she cleaned up. And there are bags and bags of it and boxes as well. And if you want to know the drinks of choice at the moment, I can... See them all here from the photographs. Corona, Budweiser, Bulmer Cider and vodka, it would seem. Oh, and Carlsberg as well, by and large, bags and bags of it. Um, It's a sad sight to behold because there's got to be a happy medium. I I wish we could be like the Spanish where they have these huge, massive bins with the flip-back lids, the big, huge ones. They have them everywhere. And like, like... I know that there's been talk that people are using the bins then for their own domestic rubbish, but you can't change Muppets, you know. Maybe if they're just big enough, we could live with that as well. I don't know. I don't get it. Anyway, lines open, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone, uh, text 0868104106. And a lot of people did. I just happened to mention um, sandwiches or, you know, a, a good sandwich. There's nothing worse than a mean-filled sandwich, so there's not... Uh, and then I saw that a lot of people had been talking about it online and the lads were trying to work out, well, you know, in this day and age, where are people getting good sandwiches? Stephen says, gym junkies in Bandon. They even make Ross sandwiches from Friends. What does Ross in Friends eat in a sandwich? No, nothing about it. I actually thought 
I mean, forgive me for saying this, but I thought thought Friends was the silliest thing I ever saw. But I guess humour is an acquired thing, isn't it? Gail says, that, but anyway, what is Ross's sandwich from Friends, please? Text 0868104106. Gail says the Long Valley, a Cork institution, the best corned beef salad sandwich anywhere. Oh, Gail, you're a woman after my own heart. That's exactly what I have when I go in there. And maybe even a spiced beef corned beef, a spiced beef salad sandwich at Christmas time. Gary says... Cafe Gary in Middleton is by far the best Sambo in the country. It comes from my apartment and boy, oh boy, can I make a Sambo. I do a char-grilled wrap with sliced beef, red pepper slaw, tomatoes and spring onions, rocket and horseradish mayo. It's unreal. <laughs> well, fair play to you. 20 Sandwich on Anglesey Street, the best sandwich in Cork. Sinead's Cafe in the Consultant's Private Clinic. Clinic. Plus they'd have a damn good sandwich for the consultant's private clinic. Clinic, The girls are like family. It was lovely to have a bit of normality during COVID lockdown. Uh, Hurley's Super Value in Middleton. The Paninis are divine. Brackens, hands down. We live in Canada now. And when we come home every year, we make sure to get a sandwich in Brackens. Now, forgive me now, but I have reams of paperwork, but I also got a text in from Brackens because we were talking about them yesterday. Hi, Neil. Brackens Bakery here. Thank you for the shout out on air. We always appreciate your support. Just to let your listeners know that our bakery shop and cafe is still open on the old Mallow Road in Blackpool. Uh, even with the protective equipment, we're as busy as ever and we are delighted to be back up and running, says Lydia Bracken. So if you want one of the Bracken sandwiches, you won't get it on Paul Street at the moment, but you will get it in the old Mallow, Mallow Road. Uh, Crust on McCurtain Street, the best toasties and sammies in town because they use the finest ingredients variety of breads, rolls and delicious fillings. Uh, Fields Coffee Shop in Skibbereen. They have a great toasted special. They also make a great salad roll. Fry Guys in East Cork. They do a sandwich called the Lobster Roll. The Chicken Pesto Ciabatta at the Found Out Cafe in Inishannon. Monty's in Middleton. The news agents on the North Main Street. That's not, that's not the first time I've heard about the news agents on the North Main Street. Um, Dave's Coffee Shop, Super Value Cove. A meal in itself, great value for money. Uh, the Priory and Riverstick for the best toasty. Fitzpatrick's Chicken Salad Sandwich, Glanton. Kennedy's on the Green in Middleton. If you're looking at County Cork, then it's Sage, Cafe Sage in Yall. All the meat is cooked in-house. Relish, dressings, chilli jams, also made in-house. As reams of these. Uh, Manning's Emporium uh, in Bandon. Seasons Cafe at Atkins Garden Centre on the Straight Road. Bally Seedy in Carrigaline. Sonny's Deli on Albert Street in Ballon Temple. There's always a queue out the door. Oh, my God. They do a Reuben roll in Sonny's Deli. You have to be fast to get it because they always sell out. Sell out. I mean, there's two days eating in it alone. Anyway, there's loads more. I'll come back to them again if I get time to dip in and out between now and midday. Willie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. I spoke to your daughter, Rose, on the air yesterday and um, the reaction to it was phenomenal because people really were very upset on her behalf, you know. She was a victim, of course, of upskirting. Um, and as a dad, you must have been very upset. I was shocked, Neil, because I, I didn't know what happened until I actually picked her up in Patrick Street and straight away the uh, Anglesey Street came to, to hand straight away. Yeah. Had you known anything about this uh, phenomenon, this this violation before it happened to your daughter? 
No, Neil. Just just the first I heard of it, and I, even some of your listeners know yesterday that were on the phone to you, um, it was their first time hearing of, about it as well. I, you know, it's 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 a crazy world. Okay, upskirting is where somebody, against your knowledge and against your wishes, um, puts their mobile phone camera up under your skirt and takes a photograph. These photographs are then shared amongst other people who like that kind of weirdness and also they sometimes can end up on, on porn sites. Yeah. yeah, and the strange thing about it then, Neil, is it, it, it's not legal, or it, it, it's, 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 it's legal in Ireland. And well, it's not, it's not crime in itself, although a fellow last year was prosecuted and jailed for it in Dublin, so... Uh, mm, yeah, I, I heard that yesterday. I was listening. I was actually driving, and um, at the time when Rose was on the Isn't radio, it, wasn't she very brave to share her story? Though she was, she's fantastic. She's she's one in a million. She's fantastic. No, so are the, my other three daughters. But Rose is. Rose says what she. Rose says what she ha- what she what she says. You know, yeah, yeah. she won't leave. She won't pull anything back. She says what she have to say. Yeah, and but you went to the Garda station with her. Do you, do you feel? Because I know you may well. Have, I think you were telling Brenda that you don't think that the guards are taking it seriously enough. Am I am I getting I that right? Neil. Yeah, I don't, Neil. I don't. Not one bit. Um, I mean, I was I was stuck in traffic between we said um, by Father Matthew statue um, because I was going going along um, Merchant's Quay uh, to get to uh, to get to Anglesey Street and in that, that that seemed like about 10 minutes for the lights to change but while I was waiting I was looking around and there's at least six uh, cameras on on that side of the road on the yeah. right hand side yeah. of the road which if you're head, if you're looking towards yeah um Partick's Bridge. Yeah. And like what a lot of people probably don't know is, you know, those bulb type um, cameras, Neil. Yeah, they've got a bulb fitting on them, yeah. That's right, they're, they're a round one. Yeah. They're, they actually can, like, just imagine for a second that we're in a room and there's one of them in a room. You can see the four corners of that room. The 360 cameras, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I imagine that, I don't know how far a distance they can see as far as, but Surely the Gary can zoom in. And another thing was, they were looking for Rose on the camera. Surely, like, there has to be, there have to be somewhere or some other angle, even. And that's that's the reason I'm thinking. Investigation is ongoing. The investigation is ongoing. Maybe they have more cameras to look at. Yeah. You know? Yeah, maybe. But I, I. Even even the the guard that was on, on on the desk, three or four times she had to ask us exactly where the spot was. You know, and even I'm thinking maybe they're looking the wrong. Maybe in the wrong way. Maybe I'm hoping that my conversation with her with her yesterday might just reinvigorate their inquiries, as the fellow says. But were, were you, was Rose taken into a room and, and met by a female guard and, and, and were you there for any of that? Yeah, we were actually at the desk and uh, it was a, a lady... Um, well, did the whole conversation uh, happen at the desk? At the desk, yes. 
Not in a room or anything like that, no? No, not in a room. I didn't even... We were there for about maybe 15 minutes, Neil, and didn't see one Garda. Because it's a terrible violation, you know. It, it would deserve a bit of privacy when you're telling the story, I would have thought. I, I would have thought so, too. And, and then and then the, the Garda to say about the way Rose was dressed. Did you hear I, that comment? I heard that. Could you repeat it as accurately as you can? Will I do it now, is it? Yeah. She was saying about... Uh, I can't really kneel in a way because um, um, give me the gist of what you interpreted it as. Oh, it was like that low, low, low top, um, short skirt. You know, like it was like it's, in in my opinion, it seemed like she shouldn't have been dressed that way. That that's but what the guard was saying, kind of words to the effect of, "Look yeah, at what I'd you're be wearing." It's different, no, Neil. Yeah. I know. But that's the interpretation um, but, you got of it and also the interpretation your daughter took from it. Yeah, I no, I did hear her saying it, but, you know, it it wasn't until we got out at the guard station that it actually hit me. We were talking about it in the car on the way home. And I don't know. I don't... I, I wonder if she wanted the... The newbies. I don't know. Newbies. See, I don't. I don't know. The, the like, well, we asked. Name, we please. asked the guardy on your behalf why well, that was said. I don't have the statement in front of me right now, but mm-hmm. the response that I got back was that that wasn't the case. But the guard had been asking and regard was was remarking and you know, detailing what Rose was wearing so that they could identify her then on CCTV. Uh, that was the response yeah. I got. But she, I don't. I can't understand why why she actually said this in front of us. You know, because again, this is victim blaming. If that's the interpretation you're taking from it, you see. Yeah, and like I still think that the the, the, um, the Garda didn't know exactly her way around because, as I said, like I know I repeat myself, three or four times she asked us exactly where it was, and she kept saying, um, um, "Merchant's Key." No, no, no. It was the the, the bus stop at the outside the centre on Patrick Street. Yeah, that's exactly where it was. And I asked Rose to to walk across on the other side so that it would be easier to get home from there, you know. And of course, we we would be passing um, Anglesey Street um, Gardy at the time as well. But I most, know, it sounds they, most from your point of view, you find this very unsatisfactory. Anyway, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm okay. not happy with it, Neil. I'll be quite honest. I know, I know. Um, <sighs> It's 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 and it's compounded. Your your upset is compounded as well with events in the family in the in the last twelve months. Isn't that right? Where your oh, beautiful wife wife died. At yeah, she passed away in um, November, and we're still trying to get over that, Neil. And when I was when I was as I said, I was driving yesterday, and when I was um, when Rose was on the phone, I actually had to pull in. I just 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 started crying, just driving along. Why? I had to pull in. Why? You know, why? Well, I suppose, like my wife would would probably handle things better than I would. I suppose with girls, and like I am doing my best, and like we're getting on great. We're even arguing, oh, who, who who's doing the cooking today, and things like that. You know, I know. Um, You've had to adjust, you know. Yeah. That's and your role has changed as well now. It has, it has, but I don't mind because I had six sisters and I was the only boy, so it's deja vu again. 
And your, your wife, what, what's her name? Harriet. And Harriet died, she was only 60. She was only 60, Neil. She would have been 61 1st of January. Pneumonia? Pneumonia, yeah. We just right. don't hear about that at such a young age anymore. You don't, no. And like you hear people surviving it as well. It's so sad. Uh, and, and Yeah, and like as I said, she was in the hospital for six weeks. I was thinking the longer she was staying there, the, long, the better she was getting, but that wasn't the case. Do you, do you you feel that I think your words not mine that if 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 you feel kind of responsible in one way in 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 two different ways one because you're you're blaming yourself that you were it took you too long to come in to collect clothes I, I, I was gardening out in the back and uh, Neil and I had the phone I in should. the kitchen. I'm the very same as you. I get, oh, I get, sorry, I get killed for that. <laughs> Thank God, I'm not the only one. You're not, and I have it on silent an awful lot as well. So I get killed for that as well. Yeah, you yeah. don't know how it's going to die. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And because, it, because if if your wife was around, um, she'd have taken this quite seriously, and that's why you're oh, taking it quite. Have, that's why you're taking it quite seriously. She probably would have done a better job than I would um, speaking to the guard. Oh, you shouldn't cut yourself up, Willie. From what the little I know of you, I think you're doing a great job. Well, I do my best, Neil. I'll be honest. I do my best. I'm like I'm. I'm walking away, um, and you know the girls are fantastic. But you're all heartbroken together, obviously. Yeah, we're all heartbroken. You know it does. And here I have a young girl, Rose, who lost her mam not a year ago, being the victim of an upskirting. Violent assault. Yeah, and that doesn't help. And our poor old dad feeling a bit helpless on the sidelines. Yeah. But, you know, Neil, we're, we're, things can only get better. I know, I know, I know. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm very optimistic that way, that things can only get better. I know. Or there's obviously somebody worse than yourself. I know, but Hera, listen, to lose your life partner at such a young age is just so tragic. It really and truly is. so many plans... I know, you know, that's the thing about yeah. plans, isn't it? I don't know, should yeah. we be making plans at all? Just I don't think so, Neil, because, oh gosh, it, I say about what, maybe the day before she died, she was saying, well, when are we going on holidays again? You know, like we lost two holidays in the year. But she was still planning the delayed well, she was still holiday. planning. She's she's probably up in heaven now, probably waiting on a flight to Lanzarote or Puerto Rico. <laughs> I don't think she'd swap <laughs> heaven for Lanzarote. No, <laughs> <laughs> you flight out of heaven, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one-way ticket in, I want, not out. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know, Harriet, if, if she did get out, she, she probably wouldn't get back. I probably wouldn't let her back. <laughs> oh, my God. I know, yeah. I know. Well, listen... I'm glad that you called, um, and don't be don't be killing yourself over it. You know what I mean. Um, I won't, Neil. I won't. I'm a cool. You did, um, you did a great. Person, you did a great job, and you're doing a great job with the girls. Oh, thanks so much, Neil. And um, let, let let's see how the guard investigation goes on this. Be fantastic if they got a, if they got a picture of this character. You know, he needs to be it taken would. out of circulation. And if they do, I'll, I'll get back to you and I'll let you know, Neil. Okay, Willie. Lovely talking to you, all right? And you too, Neil, okay? Take Mind care of yourself. yourself. Cheers. Take care. Okay, God bless. Bye. Bye. Back after the break. 
Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-810-4106. Red FM. Meanwhile, I mean, it's a, it's a crazy world out there. I was sent a video clip yesterday out of Galway, and this guy's face is clearly visible. His entire body is clearly visible because he does, he's front and full on to the girl that he's abusing. She's a young woman, and uh, this is a Galway clip. And every time you hear the beep on this clip, it's him saying the N-word, right? So he's easily identifiable and clearly needs to be prosecuted under the under a hate crime because this is a racially motivated, abusive attack on a young girl. So every time, and this is Galway, so you, you obviously, this is radio, so you don't see the video, but you see the guy straight up, no bother. He's no shame in him at all. But this is a clip of it, right? Have a listen. Don't f*** that again. What? What? Don't talk to me like that. Don't talk to me like that. You're a don't talk to me like that. Don't talk to me like that. Go back to your own country. What? I'm Irish. I'm from here. Don't talk to me like Where that. Where were you born? I was born here. Don't talk to me like Go that. Back to your own country. Don't don't. So there you have it. And it's just a clip of it. Imagine having to live with the possibility of that happening to you on a daily basis. You scratch the surface of some people. You scratch the surface of some people and you see what's really in their heart. Um, again, I imagine that the Gardaí Shikana probably have that video already and he could have been collared for it. If he hasn't been, then he should be. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Talking about collaring people. Back to earlier this morning where these boys laughed as they recorded their lurcher. Um, set upon, they set the lurcher upon a dog. This is up in uh, it was Mayfield, wasn't it? Um, and the dog literally ripped the cat's throat out. And we spoke to those uh, family members of that poor misfortunate cat, and they're absolutely traumatised. Then two weeks ago, you had uh, another little cat, it was a kitten, uh, that was burned to death in a little child's, you know, play kitchen thing. You know, the ones they have, they set it on fire. Actually, first of all, they put the kitten into the plastic play oven, then set the whole thing on fire. Uh, the cat last night, or from Wednesday night, I should say, the cat's name is Nacho, I'm told. Poor little Nacho. But it was Caitlin. It was Caitlin that tried to rescue the little cat. Caitlin, good morning. Hi. You heard screaming, was it? You heard the cat screaming from your home, is that it? No, actually, I didn't hear any screaming because okay. I, was, I was trying to go to sleep. Okay. And my mom, she walked into my room and she asked me, did I, did I leave the cat in? Is the cat in the house? Because we have a, a cat. It looks very similar to the family's cat that was killed. Okay, so, so the, the, the the cat that was killed was Katie's cat. Your mom yes. thought it was yours. Okay, yeah. My mom thought it was ours, and uh, I could see the look on her face. She looked traumatized, and she looked out the window, and all she saw was this big black uh, lurcher greyhound type dog. It had very ragged, spiky fur, and it, it was it just looked ugly. You could tell it wasn't really taken care of, and we. When I heard my mom say, I think it's Ivy, Ivy is the name of our cat, I immediately got out of bed and I, I, I didn't even think of putting on shoes. And I just opened the door and the closest thing to me was my, uh, my, my little sister's uh, pogo stick and it's made out of metal. Yeah. So I just, gra- I just grabbed that and uh, I, ran out the, I ran out the gate and I ran towards the dog and um, I just started repeatedly hitting it and screaming in its face to let go of the cat and I was constantly hitting it and I did not stop until it did actually let go of the cat but he would not let go of the cat for a good while he was shaking his head so he was tearing into the cat and I was screaming 
and all like all I saw was flashlights coming from the hill. So I knew people were recording the the incidents, and I knew they were the owners of the dog. But I didn't care if I was being recorded or anything. I was just all I wanted to do was just get the dog off the cat. And no, the cat was obviously screaming in pain. When I got to it, it actually wasn't making a sound. I'd say it was dead before I got to it. Honestly, because it was my mom said that before I went outside, he was already after catching it. So I don't know if it was dead while I was hitting the dog or what. You but would I, hope that it was over quickly, wouldn't you? Yeah, I hope so. But when I when I managed to get the dog off the cat, finally, my boyfriend grabbed a pogo stick off me and kept throwing it at the dog so it would back off. And uh, I crouched down to the cat and I noticed it, it wasn't mine. The fur pattern was different and his eyes were different. And I, I was like, oh God, this is one of Katie and Michelle's cats. And this isn't the first time their cat was killed by horrible people. I think they had like three other cats that were killed by people that didn't like cats. I didn't know that. Yeah, and it was, I'm not sure that that's all I know. But um, uh, I knew knew it was one of Michelle's cats because I've seen this cat around the area before, like a pettish coming home from school. And it had the most like gorgeous, gorgeous amber eyes. It was like bright orange eyes and when I went to see if it was still breathing his his pupils were so dilated that you just couldn't see his eyes anymore and that's when I knew he was gone. I knew he couldn't have survived that dog because that dog was huge and um, when the dog backed away a good bit I, I left the cash with my mom and my boyfriend and I ran over to Michelle and I was screaming for her. She was already in her garden and she said that she knew when I was running towards her she knew it was another one of her cats being taken from her and I led her I led her over to the cat and she she was just on her hands and knees petting him crying and screaming and when I when I saw her do that I just I just broke down I, was, I broke into tears and I I started screaming up the hill to the lads that set the dog on the cat and I I just I just couldn't control myself I was screaming at them and all they did was laugh when me and my mom were trying to get them to come down and get their dog. They were just laughing at us when we started yelling at them. Did you see so their faces? Got, we didn't see their faces. They all had their hoods up because they're cowards. So you wouldn't be able to identify them? No. I have no clue who they would, who they could be, which is a sad thing. Did you um, Did you ever think that the dog could have turned on you? Honestly, it was a thought. But, you know, thinking that it was my cat, when if your pet is in danger, like, it it just, you just don't really... I, I know, I know, yeah. It's the same with a child, like, like, obviously, I'm young, I can't have a child yet, but I was, like, my cat, I've had her since I was 14, and I, I love her to bits, like, as if she was my own child, like, so... Obviously, I I just didn't care. I would have rather it. Adrenaline kicked in, yeah, and um, yeah. yeah, you know, it's like fight or flight, and you chose to fight, you know. Yeah, definitely. I I would have preferred it to have bit onto my arm than kill that poor cat. Honestly, I know what you're saying. I know, I know. You're very yeah. brave. You're very brave. What? Why do you think? Why do you think humans do this, particularly young people who possibly were the same age as you? Because they want to be younger. People... They could have been younger. Because they want to show people that they think they're cool. Honestly, they they think that they're 
cool and they want to show people that they run the place, but they don't. They want to show that they're people not to be messed with. But honestly, after that, they're mess- I think they're messing with the wrong people. Because we're, we will catch them, I promise you that. You will catch them as opposed to the guards will catch them? Oh, the, no, the guards are going to be the ones that will have to catch uh, them. Ah, yeah, but, yeah. It's, no, it's yeah. Just, it was just... That's what I meant. The guards just some people them. earlier on this morning said that, uh, you know, they have an idea who these characters are and they wouldn't mind giving them a hiding, you know? Yeah. Well, I hope they do find them. Obviously, I'm not going to be able to do anything because I, I, like, I don't want them to know who I am and stuff like that, but... Um, I'm just hoping that people... Now, somebody told me that you're not sleeping or eating. Is that right? Yeah, uh, it's been about two days since I've eaten. I I just couldn't. This happened Wednesday night, so you haven't eaten since then? Yes, I have. Well, I've I've eaten like a few pieces of like crisps or something, but that's it. That's honestly it. I haven't eaten anything since then. And are you sleeping at night? The first night I didn't sleep at all, but last night I fell asleep at about 10.30 and I didn't wake up until, you know, about 12, 13 hours later because I was so exhausted. Yeah, it's a lot of that is to do with shock. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Is it getting easier? You can't, you'll uh, never be able to unsee that, you see. No, I, I was saying it's that, like, it's... I'd say it was probably one of the worst nights of my life, honestly, because it, it was just horrible seeing that. It was it was just really sad. I know, but just, you know, be aware that you did the very best you could. You know, you yeah, went I and know. you tried to save the cat. You can be asked to I do know. no more than that. I know. You probably hug your own cat a little tighter now. No, yeah, I went like... My cat was actually on our bathroom window watching the whole thing. And we didn't even see her until we got the dog off the cat. And then I told my boyfriend to bring the cat in. And then once everything was settled down, once the lads left with their dog and stuff, uh, I went inside and I grabbed my phone and I was hugging my cat and I was crying because I thought it was her. I I thought I lost her. I know. But But thanks for trying, you know. Thanks for trying. Thanks for trying. Yeah, and I called the guards later anyway, and then they came over and they took, they took our names and our phone numbers and stuff like that. So, yeah, I know, I know. Listen, I hope it gets better for you. I hope it gets easier for you. Um, I hope these yeah. guys. I hope these guys are caught. I've said that so often, you know. Um, yeah. Over the years, there's an ever increasing, and much of it, of course, has to do with social media taking the video. They think they're big boys yeah. and girls, like, and that they're the coolest. And of course, they're not really. They're just pathetic, actually, to be quite honest. Yeah, I just don't see. You don't know if that video was posted or anything, do you, Caitlin? Honestly, the most popular um, social media is probably Snapchat. So they probably post it to Snapchat. I don't have Snapchat because I know it's a very toxic community. So yeah, that's why I don't have it. But knowing, like, people that would record stuff they would they probably recorded it on Snapchat and put it up there. Okay. That only stays for twenty four hours, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, the video only stays up for twenty four hours, okay. but if they saved the video it's permanently on their phone unless they delete it themselves. Yeah, I'm just wondering would they if somebody was able to save that, would they be traceable by you know, by their account? 
Um, by their account, probably, because most accounts have the person's name on it. It's like it's it's a bit like Facebook. Like you're on Facebook, you'd have your full name. Yeah. On Snapchat, you might just have your first name, but that will show that's I, enough. Okay, well, hopefully the guards might be able to retrieve something in in that regard. But do yeah. you, are you aware of the kitten that was burned to death in Glanmire? You, you know yes, I, I heard of, I heard of that story. I saw the photo of the burnt cat as well, and I I just felt so sorry for it. Like no animal deserves to die like that. The same with Nacho. No animal deserves to have their throat ripped open or anything like that. Or Nacho. Listen, um, thank you for taking my call. Thank you for your intervention. I'm sure that the family and that, you know, those that Nacho was part of their family are very thankful for your intervention and for at least trying, you know. Yeah, they they thanked me (laughs) two nights ago. They thanked me, yeah. Caitlin, uh, Caitlin, you're lovely. You really are. Thank you for taking the Thank call. You. And listen, when you're up to it, you know, when your appetite's back and you're feeling a little bit better, um, stay on hold. I want to get uh, your postal address and, and, and send you a little gift, send you somewhere to go for a spot of lunch with, the, with your boyfriend. When you're feeling a bit stronger, all right? Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank okay. you so much. Not at all. Thank you. Oh, thanks for, for you. Back after the break on one eight. Actually, no. I just drive on if you don't mind, and because uh, I, I just want to go back to the upskirting uh, violation and assault of Rose uh, on Patrick Street. I spoke with her dad, Willie Connor, is actually Rose's brother-in-law. Uh, Connor, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are so, we? I'm not great on these kind of things. I have to walk through this. You're that okay. means, as you're Rose's okay. brother-in-law, you're married to one of Rose's sisters. I'm married to Serena, which would be Rose's eldest sister. She's okay. the eldest of three. So Willie's, el- Willie's eldest daughter. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I, I just wanted to add, like, I, I was here, I'm here at home, I'm going to work later on, but we heard this, we heard Rose on the radio yesterday and we heard Willie was going to be on today. And when Serena and I called over for Breffney, uh, their other sister's birthday yesterday, um, we could hear Willie on the phone to Brenda. So we were kind of surprised that he was on so quick. Um, but I just wanted to add, look, th- this is a thing that obviously is happening all over the place. And it's, it's a disgrace. It's oh, it's here. And I'd say it's here a lot more than we know it. Because I'd say a oh, lot of this, you, you never yeah. know what's happened to you. No. No, you don't. Like, as I was saying to Brenda there, I, I did a course a couple of years back and the whole class and I were out for a dinner. We were out with um, our instructors one night. It was kind of like the end of a, I think it might have been like the end of the year or something like that or coming up to Christmas or something. And we were all out for dinner anyway and one of the lads dropped a fork or whatever and went down to pick it up and saw one of the girls underneath the table. He could see right up her skirt and he took a photo of us. And he showed it to me. I was like, what's that? And he goes, oh, it's your one across the way. And I was like, you delete that straight away. And he was like, ah, I'll, I'll delete it later. And we got into a huffle about it. And, and what was you know, the content? To another. He, he took a photo, like what happened to Rose, he took a photo of one of the girls under the table. And I said, dude, you have to delete that. That's ridiculous. You, you can't hold on to something like that. That's outrageous. And one of the, one of the other lads next to us, he was showing it to him. And, and she's stopped. still at the table, is she? So, oh yeah, we were all there and no one knew about it, you see. So uh, no one else knew about it and your man was going to show it to one of the other lads. And as he was turning to one of the other guys uh, next to him on the opposite side of him, I grabbed the phone out of his hand and I deleted the photo out of his phone straight away. And he goes, you can't do that. And I'm like, I can't because what you're after doing is outrageous. And I said, if any of the instructors find out, you're out in your ear straight away. You're out of a course, you're out of a class 
and that's the end of it. And the instructions heard, or the instructors heard the, the squaffle between us. And I was like, um, ah, it's nothing. We're, we're just having a, a disagreement on something. And we said nothing else about it. But he later on came up to me that night and he apologised. And I said, look, fair enough. I'll take your apology, but I'm hearing nothing else of us. And if it happens again, you will answer to me and only me. And I'll take it. I won't take it any further. I mean, that's amazing because you yeah. equally could have turned around and said it to her. Oh, I could have, yeah. And I and I like I, I was being very cautious that night around her for the night because she had been sitting more or less right across from me, you know. Uh, and it was a big long table, there was maybe like about fifteen to twenty of us there that night. And I I said to him, Look, or she came up to me that night, I should say, and she was like, What happened at dinner? And I was like, Oh, I'm I'm not saying, I'm not at liberty to say, it. I don't want to say it and she kinda of kept pressurizing me and everything. I said, I won't say it. I said, what I will say to you is this. I said, look, maybe when you're out, just dress a little bit more kind of, you know, um, appealing to, 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 you know, someone who, who won't be looking kind of in, in such a way at you or whatever. Because she had kind of taken a vibe from your man in class and stuff like that, that he wasn't great and he'd be kind of eyeing up this and eyeing up that and whatever. But putting that aside... I just wanted to state on, on Rose's case the other day that we were all outraged about this and I just want like I, as I was listening to Willie there on the radio talking to you a while ago he's a fantastic man I've known the man for nearly five years I was going out with his daughter for a couple of years and we got engaged after about 20 months we then got a, we then got married last May and then the whole quarantine situation we've had to we had to um, uphold our uh, wedding anniversary so we can't do our wedding anniversary until another two weeks when we're both off on holidays um, Don't talk so to me about wedding anniversaries it's my 28th wedding anniversary <laughs> today Today. today well congratulations <laughs> congratulations you just Perfect. reminded me <laughs> my poor oh, wife has suffered with me for 28 years <laughs> well I'm only married I'm only married about 15 months to, to Willie's eldest daughter oh it gets today. harder pal it gets harder <laughs> I, I can imagine, as I've been told. But, no, know, but see, no, but no, but seriously, no, but seriously, Harriet yeah. made Harriet made the wedding anyway, didn't she? She did. Thankfully, she did. My own father made the wedding as well. My and he own passed away. Well. Um, no, my father. Well, your man alive. passed away, wasn't it? My 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 birth mother passed away, or my my uh, my adopted mother. Uh, sorry, I, I'm no. adopted. Um, my birth mother passed away when I was 21. And, and I knew of her and I know all my brothers and I know all my sister and I know my two sisters as well on that side um, and I see them quite regularly and um, you know a big shout out to, to the Callan family uh, Dermot um, who owns Satellite Taxis as well I'm sure he's listening um, and, and to the rest of the lads that are listening as well and the girls uh, you know I mean, I mean but you're saying Willie I know but Willie's a, gra- Willie's a great dad but he feel, he's a little vulnerable at the moment particularly with the he, loss of his wife and this happening to his daughter he is I mean and, and, and you know it's like it's a shocking thing to happen like he's, he's a fantastic man he does everything he possibly can for those three girls now I know if he's listening he's going to kill me later but the only thing <laughs> put up with no, that. he's a great guy the only thing yeah. you just you he just is. said something there a while ago you know back to the story yeah. of the guy who took the photo because I can't I can't allow this to pass you, yeah. you you said to her don't wear a revealing clothes but you see a woman yeah. is allowed not even allowed that's oh, not even right. a woman has no a right to wear hang on, but I need to say this a woman has yeah. a right to wear whatever she wishes yeah yeah mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, you probably would have been better off saying to her, that guy took a photograph of you under the table rather than you actually saying to her, look, in future, maybe don't wear such revealing clothes. Do, do you, does that mm-hmm. make sense to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know. I know now. You see, because, I mean, I've, I've been talking to Rose about this over the last few days and everything. But do you think uh, now that what you said to her, I'm not giving you a hard time here, but that oh, wasn't, no, that, wasn't yeah, the right thing. Boy. Yeah, well, back then, I suppose I was a lot younger. I know. So I, I, I might have said that, you know, I mean, it's, it's so far back. I mean, you, you kind of, you know, you kind of forget exactly how you phrase things. You know, you now realize like that, that, you know, this guy. If I, yeah. If I said something like that to her, you know, I, I would later probably have gone back and said, look, what I said wasn't the best. Fair play to you. Fair play to you. Because whereas, his whereas act is now, an act of, his yeah. act and also the upskirt, and that's an act mm-hmm. of perversion, actually. It is indeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, with Rose, I mean, look, I, I know, as, as I said, I, I know the family for five years nearly. And, you know, I mean, Rose is a grown woman. She can wear what she wants. She can go where she wants. She can do what she wants. No one is ever going to tell that girl what she can and cannot do or cannot cannot wear. I know it's been you a know? tough year. Um, it's been a tough and it's, you know, but even regardless, I mean, you know, regardless of, to the year, you know, putting putting the year aside, I mean, she's always been like that in the last five years. I've known Rose, you know. So I mean, she's she's a strong woman. She'll do what she wants. She'll wear what she wants, and that's that's fine with us, you know. And we'll back her a hundred percent. Um, you know, I mean, if I you know, I, I I will do whatever I can on my side. Of this is this I, is I will help her yeah, absolutely. Can, You're there for but 100%. there's a lot going you know? on here. You know, I'm just trying to let people know mm. that this is mm. probably happening a lot more in the community well, than we actually yeah, realise. And and, and, and also it's not just you know, I'd say it's not just on Patrick, but it's in as we as you were stating yesterday, supermarkets, like probably escalators, supermarkets, yeah. nightclubs, the whole lot everywhere no. where you can get uh, okay. a mirror image or something. Over yeah, to, this is this is you know? this is a job for the Gardaí, mm-hmm. and I hope that Anglesey Street are giving it all of the attention that it deserves. Can I just say well, before I let hope, you go? I hope so too, because I, I, if you know, I mean, if I was there, I, I knew I knew a sergeant working in Anglesey Street Garda Station, and unfortunately, the poor man has passed away recently, or in the last couple of months. But I know that if he was still alive, I would have gone in and I'd have asked him personally. And Rose should have been brought into a private room. She may, she may have got um, one of you the know? one of the uh, novice guards. You know that could have been the problem there. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very hard to a tell new, who, who's there long yeah. enough and who's yeah. not there long enough. And I know. And it also could have been somebody that doesn't know Cork City very well and wouldn't have been exactly. aware of the different streets. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Listen. Just before, thank you so much, Connor, for coming no, on board. Patrick Horgan, who's a regular caller to the show, businessman, he yeah. owns the Energy Store. He phoned and he wants to sort out uh, Rose and Willie and you and all of the rest of the family and send you and send you all out to dinner. He says he was taken aback by the story and says that Willie sounds like a very, very good dad. Um, yes, and he's, one of, he's one of a million. And, and actually, Patrick also said that Willie sounded like his dad after his own mum died. He said, let the family pick up and he will pay for it. Just a small gesture. So I'll organise that. Oh, okay. he's so nice. Thank you so much. You're more than welcome. So much, Take care, Connor. Appreciate you taking the call. Listen, thank you very much. Cheers. All the best. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. And you can text 0868-104-106 and we'll pick it up on uh, Monday's programme. Another couple of these fake uh, or true isms or Donald-isms or Trump-isms that the mail has today. It's up to you to work out what's true and what's fake. Yeah, baby, Vegas. you got to love Vegas. I love seeing the big fights in Vegas, even the weigh-ins. 
watching the weigh-ins where these two great fighters are in great condition, they remind me in a way of when I was younger. Another one that he did say, and it is true, is that the kidney has a very special place in the heart. He says, we have to do much, much more on our trade with that great, great country, Africa. Thankfully, that was fo- that was fake news. He said at one stage, several people... Actually, this isn't a truism. This is fake, but I love it all the same. Several people have told me I could have been a rock star. And maybe they're right. I certainly get a reaction from a crowd, somewhat like what Mick Jagger gets when he walks on stage, although I'm taller than him. And he, <laughs> there's another one here they have, which sadly is fake, but I'd love it to be true. America should be so proud of everything we've given the world. Our food. What about our food? Didn't we give the world pizza? <laughs> He said, the White House is fabulous. It's a fabulous house. Okay, maybe not as big as some of the houses I have, but that's fine. That's fine. And then he said, they say global warming will make the ocean rise by a foot or maybe two feet. But that's just the first couple of people on the beach, right? Sadly, it's not true either. I love those kind of things. I mean, it goes to show there's an awful lot of fake news out there. And poor old Donald Trump is the victim of it all the time. Um, Anyway, what isn't fake is uh, the fact that tomorrow is Heritage Day. Cork Heritage Open Day, I mentioned at the top of the program. It's different this year because it's happening online. It's the first time that you can actually physically go into the buildings. But tomorrow is a special day, August 14th, because it's all happening online. And just to get a flavour or a sense of how the day will unfold... Uh, Niamh Toomey is the Heritage Officer with Cork City Council, joins me by phone. Niamh, good morning. Good morning, Niamh. Thanks yeah, so much for having not me. Not at all. Yes, I didn't want the opportunity to pass. Yet another year, uh, another yes. wonderful day tomorrow, but very different. In what way? It's very different this year. Um, this is our 16th year, and as you know, we can't open the buildings to the public, so this year we decided to go virtual. So we have over 40 subtitled videos on our website, corkheritageopenday.ie, where people can log on and kind of explore the buildings that they would have been able to go into. So there is online tours, there's interviews with the building owners. We worked with Framework Films, and I feel that the videos that they produced have really captured the spirit of the buildings and I suppose the personality of the people behind it. So it's, an inter- it's a different way, I suppose, of interacting with the buildings. So year. Framework Films had to kick in because of COVID and get this work done fairly quickly. In a very, very short period of time, we managed to turn it around. Now some of the building owners produce their own videos for us, and um, Framework's also use some of their own archival footage um, to produce all these videos. But we also have a section on, on the website called Explore, which looks at projects and guided tours. So we have, say, the likes of uh, Liam O'Higgins has done a lovely uh, tour of the South Parish and a, an interview about old uh, children's games. And then we have Ruti Lack, who did a lovely, lovely virtual tour of uh, Jewish culture in Cork. And there was information on there that I had never heard. It's absolutely fascinating. And then for a bit of fun, then we asked Liam O'Higgins, the historian, then to put together um, a little quiz on uh, on Cork City, so uh, we we're inviting people to kind of you know challenge their friends and family to see uh, how well do they know the city. I also see then that you have um, some other aspects of it include year in year out the the Masonic Hall, the military museum at Collins Barracks, a tour of Saint Finbar's Cathedral. Somewhere I've never been actually is the old Cork Waterworks. Is that terrific? That's absolutely fantastic, and it has that's a, a new adi- It's a reasonably new addition, actually, to our choices, isn't it? The, the, the Cork Waterworks—they—they um, they have a lovely um, 
uh, mix between uh, educational uh, facilities for children where they're learning about the environment and how important the environment is. And then they have the lovely history of the sort of Victorian waterworks that are there. And it's a fascinating story uh, to be told there. And of course, the architects that were involved in, in developing um, uh, the, the waterworks were also involved in developing many of the, the city uh, buildings as well. That's right. We also, have, we also have buildings from our new areas as well, which I'm particularly happy about because I suppose it's very new for us, um, areas like Ballon Colleague and um, in Blarney. So Blarney Castle has produced a lovely video for us and we've asked one of the local historians in Ballon Colleague to go um, to the Gunpowder Mill. That's right. We, 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 um, we interviewed him there and made a lovely video of that. I think it's a superb opportunity for people, you know, who normally wouldn't be able to get it. And, and all credit you as well because you could have just as easily cancelled it. Well, it was certainly on the cards because so many other events were cancelled. But I just felt this year that, you know, it's been such a terrible spring for, for a lot of people um, that we just needed a little bit of a lift. And I think this is something that will stand the test of time. It's an archive of our built heritage, but it's also kind of a cultural archive as well of how we coped during COVID-19. And I Super. think future generations will be interested in that. And I see in the examiner this morning that Gareth O'Callaghan will be giving a virtual tour of the former Cork Savings Bank on Lapsky. Yes, it's a beautiful right. building. So he knows chapter that's and right. verse on that one. Now, he this, does, this yes. the virtual tours, the interviews, the quizzes, everything, do they stay up for a period of time? It's not just for tomorrow, is it? No, it's not just for tomorrow, Neil. Um, we've decided to leave it up for the whole of Heritage Week. Um, and then depending on, on the interest, we might leave it up for another week as well. Because I think, because there's so much up there with the 40 uh, videos that we have, and each one of them is three minutes long. So people will want to dip in and out of it. And, you know, I suppose it's the last two weeks before school starts back, please God. Um, so that, you know, people will be busy and they'll be doing things. So it's a lovely idea that you can dip in and out of it. You can spare half an hour they can dip in and out of it. Okay. And I suppose, you know, it's, it's something that we're encouraging people to do. And I suppose from a National Heritage point of view, the Heritage Council point of view, they've put up websites as well for every county so people can dip in and out of, of stories. And as an individual or even as a family event over the coming days, a super well, idea. I certainly, I certainly advise people to look at Liam's quiz because it's hilarious. And I have to say, I got caught in one or two myself. <laughs> All right, Carl, listen, thanks for taking the call. No Appreciate it as always, really Neil Toomey. You too, Heritage Sorry. Officer at Cork City Council, www.corkheritageopenday.ie. Check it out. I wish I had more time to go through the list, but you can find out for yourself. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. And check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.